Eine Frage. Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 km/h. Wie lang war der Drive? 229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen. Und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store. Abo erforderlich. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. And uh, we are, as always, fueled by Guinness and powered by Celery, the show that loves smacking the arse. Couldn't, re- couldn't resist a knob gag right up. Anyway, there you go. Uh, it was all set up so perfectly, wasn't it, yesterday? The return uh, to Chelsea of Romelu Lukaku, the acquisition of a proven goalscorer, a striker who had scored on his debut for every club he has played for, apart from his first iteration at Chelsea, What could possibly go wrong? Well, thankfully, absolutely nothing. Arsenal Arsenal look more like the sides we used to regularly bully in the days of Didier Drogba and Diego Costa rather than the side who has mugged us in the last three fixtures. And to cap it all, Lukaku opened the scoring on 15 minutes. The perfect start for him and Chelsea and we never really looked like losing after that. An impressive, comfortable and dominant win against a rival we have to beat. All this just two games into the, to us, to the season when we know the players will get fitter, sharper and better. The addition of Lukaku looks like it could be the final piece in the jigsaw to launch a challenge for the title. But arguably an equally pleasing point is the rock-solid defence. That's two clean sheets already for a defence who had the second best goals against last season. Lukaku may well get us the goals that help us to compete for the title but it is the defence that may just help us win it. Right, there we go. Now, the Chelsea fancast number 832 is called Banter FC nil, European Champions 2. So there we go. They're stunned into silence. I don't know, or, or asleep. I'm not quite sure which, but there you go. Uh, we have, of course, on the show, the hottest ticket in uh, uh, Chelsea vlogging uh, the newfound, who knew he existed? The newfound star, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, that's very sweet of you, Chich. Thank you very much. I only did it because there was nobody else uh, around from the fan cast. You all wanted to go home early, so there was nobody available. So I was forced to do the fan bite on my own. But um, as I say, I'd be quite happy to uh, just want to introduce people to other people who don't know what we look like. That was the idea behind it. But if it's, uh, if it's a good little moment for anybody to speak about it and I need to do it again on my own, I'll do it on my own. It's great fun. Just have to make sure that nobody interrupts. So, because uh, I did it after about an hour at um, at uh, uh, Arsenal yesterday, but it was um, it was great fun to do so. so you, had, thank you had to hang around that shithole for a whole hour, mate. No, I made sure I was as far away as I possibly could you be. Deserve a medal. Yeah, but I was just on the fringes by the the big Arsenal letters, which I was gonna yeah. I was gonna sit in one of the one of the bits of concrete, but it just looked like a piece of concrete. So uh, I gave myself a, a, a way up to the. Uh, over that bridge, that was my background to film it in. But well, thank you. You're, you're, yeah. s- you're still getting a huge amount of love, even now on Mixler. Um, Brian, the lovely Brian Justman, who says, wanted to get uh, JK an oxygen mask after his rapid-fire fan bite. <laughs> and, uh, 
and um, the lovely Loz B, he says, loved it, JK, who needs Chidge? Well, that may be true, Loz, but I'll tell you no, what I'll do. No, no, Loz, no, 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 I'll tell you what no. I'll do, no, no, I'll tell you what I'll do, Loz. I will, I will post up there the episode of the Chelsea fancast when we were on TV that JK presented and then see what you say then. That's yeah, all don't I'm do saying. That. That's all don't I'm saying. That. I hardly said anything. I just asked. I was a bit crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you what, mate. I might be good at doing this, but you are, you were, you were absolutely, I mean this, no, no silliness or funniness. You were brilliant. Absolutely I like brilliant The two, the two minute really restriction were. was quite good, Chid. Yeah, it's it quite good great. to try and do it in two minutes because you're forced to be quite focused, you know. Uh, it was very, very good. You did very, very well. And you got a there'll lot be more, there'll be more, there'll yeah, be yeah. more. And there'll be a lot of love. There was a lot of love for it and I'm sure there'll be more. Right. Who else have we got on the show tonight? JK. Oh, well, we have, we have, we have the, the man, the brain, the Mekon himself, Mr. Mark Meehan. Wow. Wow, brilliant to have him on the show again. He will just inform us of every incarnation of anything that's ever happened. I mean, I said that the Romelu uh, Lukaku chant was um, was Dan Petrescu, Super Dan Petrescu, uh, and, and I'm sure he'll know that there was even earlier one. Or do you not, Mark? I don't know. Was there an earlier one to that one? I don't know. Well, the, the, the Romelu Lukaku one. No, it, I, 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 I'm with Dan. Yeah, I'm with Dan. The first Romelu Lukaku song um, I, I think I saw online was the the real you you to me or everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah which some guy yeah. attempted to sing and got sort of ignored poor chap but he had a go it was you know good for him um and, but... and, and i actually i like i like that version because it's a bit it's a bit different it's a bit creative it's because we have we have a habit at chelsea of just recycling the same yeah. song yeah. and just yeah. changing the name of the person like yeah, yeah. no like that's an example because that was also super frankie lampard but no i yeah. i really i felt for the poor guy who was having a go at singing it and it, i think a mate had a vague go with him so obviously they prepared no, you, you need numbers if you're going to do that yeah. I mean, you know, can I come back on this point? But let's, yes, yeah, cool. Introduce... So let me yeah. introduce. Let me introduce the fantastic Dane Whittle, man without whom our technological mm. aspect of the whole of the fan cast would fall apart. Man of great wit and great uh, uh, opinion, and uh, one of the younger members of the team, Mr. Dane Whittle. Here he is. Evening, everyone. Evening. I remember uh, going back. First, I want to echo. Yeah, uh, Twitter's full of uh, bloggers and videos at the moment, and Jonathan. Yeah. I've really enjoyed your two. You know, it's been amazing. And it's obviously, did we he, know you, so we're going to be biased. Did he put it on but, Instagram, Dave? Yeah, he's put, it, he's put oh. the last two on, yeah, and he's getting lots of love. I, I, know it, I know it's quite, uh, I just wish people would actually, it's got lots of views. I wish, you know, if you're viewing it, like it as well. Going back to that, that song, I remember singing Joe McLaughlin, Super Joe McLaughlin. Yeah, uh, we are. Well done. That damn chest too. So. Well done. But yeah, yeah, I'm good. I've I've had a long week. Although it's the beginning of it, I had a cruise with my wife early on. Then I had a double stag doing Bristol, so Imagine. I'm running on empty, <laughs> uh, blowing out my arse a bit. But hopefully, I'll be able to bring up some decent chat. Brilliant! Always great to see you, Dane. Thank you. Um, right, the point I was going to make a minute ago, uh, J.K. and Mark and Dane, of course, was that you know, talking of songs and and our ability to well, our, our basically a modern lack of any originality these days it's just regurgitating the same old songs change the name which i mean at the end of the day a song is a song and it's great to support whoever we're singing it to but it, what it, i weirdly i think it might have been friday actually i, I did a mark me and i actually managed to realize something uh an old chelsea match was was on the tv to watch and it was believe it or not the chelsea liverpool match in 2003 where where everything was up for grabs the last match before roman turned up and of course, I was there. I was sitting up in Gate Seventeen at the time, and of course, my memories of it are rather paltry. 
Uh, I remember Zola, I remember Zola giving Carragher twisted blood. That's about well, obviously Gronkier scoring because I, I used to I was used to shout "Run, Forest, Run!" whenever uh, Gronkier had the ball. But the thing that that really caught my attention was just how loud and how consistent the singing was from the get go, and it went through the repertoire. It wasn't just carefree, you know. We had carefree, fuck 'em all, Chelsea, 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 you name it. And I just thought, bloody hell, things have really changed. We just don't have the repertoire that comes out anymore, let alone the volume. And the volume was huge. Although, of course, it was a huge match. So one accepts that. Mark? Oh, you mentioned them sort of like songs and that and mentioned Jesper Gronkier and, and songs not really taking off. I remember there was a song for Jesper Gronkier to Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. But again, it never really got going. I heard someone sing it a couple of times, but it just didn't get going. So... You know, it's just one of the things we do have creative fans that come up with some great songs, but you, they, as you say, they need a crowd around them to get the song to really take off. Was it on the lines of, oh, Jesper, Gronkier? Oh, Gronkier. It was like, oh, oh, something like, oh, he's halfway there. Oh, Jesper Gronkier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew I was trying to work out what Gronkier would be rhyming with. Yeah, well, it's still got nothing on, yes, uh, well, yes, Hogue, I can boogie. Which is still the best one ever, I think. Anyway, right, let's get on with the show because we've got loads on tonight, as always. Uh, now, first up in part one, we are going in a minute, in fact. We're going to be eulogising uh, Romelu Lukaku, uh, the complete centre-forward, uh, with his complete centre-forward display even, and musing on Tuchel's team selection. We offer props to Reese James for his all-round performance and courtesy of Adam Newson of Football London's art. Uh, uh, well, as you know, Adam's also on this show all the time, but he's written an article in Football London uh, we might have to offer a reappraisal of Jorginho after Tommy Tuchel's effusive comments about our mercurial Brazilian-Italian. And I'm going to read out the entire quote of what Tuchel said about Jorginho and we will discuss it because it piqued my interest. Uh, in part two, we're going to discuss how good Chelsea's defence is and the game management that Tuchel has brought to the side while acknowledging that we've had a good start, but there will be tougher tests to come. Uh, and in part three... Uh, to finish up, we're going to have the results of this week's fannies for the Arsenal match. And if you haven't voted, you've got 45 minutes. Just go to our at Chelsea Fancast Twitter page and you will find all the uh, polls there. Um, we've also got uh, the results, well, kind of the results of the uh, second round of our Prem Predictions League because there's obviously one match to go, but I've got it, you know, where we are right now, if you see what I mean. And there's a couple of emails to read out just to finish up the show. Now, as ever, don't forget, uh, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-Fancast, where, of course, you can join in all the chat by posting on the live chat page. And, of course, you can tweet at Chelsea Fancast during the show or whenever you want, just to keep in touch and say hello. People have been going bonkers. It's all about you, mate, about JK. It's just, yeah, Brian Justman, AVT, AFTV wishes they were as good as JK. Um, there we go. What else are people saying? Uh, let's say many. It's hard to scroll through. Oh, love the fan bite as well. JK was predictably indomitable from Keep the Blue Flag Flying Int North. Um, <laughs> Andy Silverman says, I was on that show. Thanks very much. Laugh out loud. The one that you presented. Um <laughs> I seem to remember you did costume changes in each break or something. I tried to. I know. Uh, if she don't come, says Joe, JK, you were as funny as fuck. Uh, I think he was funnier than that, actually. But there you go. So there we go. Uh, lots of love for JK, which is what we want. Now, after this very small break, we will be back to talk about the football.
right, indeed, we are talking about the Chelsea, the Arsenal Chelsea game, which, um, you know, we spent a lot of time on on Friday evening's preview show uh, with Adam talking about Lukaku and whether he'd be, uh, you know, whether it worked with him or not. I wrote a very long piece for Football London telling everybody uh, what to expect. And uh, bless his little cotton socks, Romelu Lukaku delivered and therefore didn't make me look like a mug. So I, I, I immediately love him forever after as a result. But, I mean, the thing that really struck struck out for me, um, you know, as I said, really, it kind of, it, it, he, he basically made me look really good by, by doing everything that I said he was now capable of doing. He scored on his debut. We've now got a centre forward that can uh, get on the end of things, which is what Kerry was saying. Um, one thing I really liked, uh, but kind of, again, I had a feeling he might be able to do, which was, He's got this. He's a terrific outball faller for for uh, for the side now. You know, whereas before we didn't have that person who would just be up front who could receive the ball. You know, under pressure, hold it, and then link up the play. I laughed my cock up off at the fact that he had Mari on toast, which was very reminiscent of Drogba and Senderos. And you know, I loved what he said uh, in the presser afterwards when they asked him what he, what he thought his performance was like, and he said dominant. And he certainly was. He was a dominatrix to Arsenal, smacking their little white bodies. Uh, And he will be, of course, because of his experience, a real great leader of the team. And I I mean, I could go on, JK, for probably two entire hours effusing about Big Rom Lukaku. But I'm going to let you do it. I also love the fact that the the team accepted him so much. He was already part of the team when he was there at the beginning. They there was a great moment at the very beginning when a, a, a long ball was played out to him, and um, and he just stood there. And as you say, the centre half, what was his name? Mara, was it? He was a he 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 attempted to get the touch on the ball, and he didn't actually touch the ball at all. Uh, Lukaku, he just let it go. Stood there and let it go past him, and it put. Um, uh, James in again, br- uh, just f- briefly. And uh, oh, I think it may be Mount, actually. But Mount then came up and they both gave each other a high five. And it was a kind of, it was a uh, it was a moment that led to nothing. But you could see that there was a great team spirit there already. And that, uh, um, and they appreciate what he can do. And he, he was just completely solid. It was, a, it was a fabulous performance. And I, I wish he'd scored with that, uh, that header when uh, Mount chipped it in that the, uh, that Lino pushed onto the bar, which is a great save, actually. Um, then he actually wasn't sure what had happened because he'd fallen over. And he asked, he actually looked around and said, why was it a corner? Because obviously I think the ball had then been kicked out. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, completely brilliant performance from him. Um, but And he's he's absolutely the focus. And you're suddenly thinking, well, it, it's made the, the team complete, isn't it? You've got a, you've got somebody to do the bullying. You've got a Costa, you've got a Drogba again. It's, it's, um, uh, it's great times. These are great times watching the team, and it's it's unbelievable that it's happened in just a um, a small period. I'm afraid since Frank went that the same people have somehow um, been mutated by the manager into. They're now talking about Chelsea as having world class players, and only a year ago they were saying this all oh, youth have been given a go and you know and some of them don't fit and uh, and of course some of those players would never get into our team say these other all these other teams and now they're all saying well they've got a much better better squad and there's a lot of people coming in now saying chelsky chelsky and manu oil and uh, an oil was, that club. was glenno glaza wasn't it it was yeah. it was it was and uh, out him out him jaco in- well, I did. I've made notice. I had a 
I had a little poke at him by saying, I, I'm the, under the impression we, perhaps we should call you uh, uh, Cronkars, or what was it, Cronkernel, um, just because you've got two billionaires running the club. And then we all went back into talking about um, how Herbert Chapman in the 30s had his team bought for him and he was bought from Huddersfield. Herbert Norris. Yeah, and uh, um, uh, who's, who's Norris? Who was he? Norris was the criminal. That, was he the that, criminal? Yeah, he was the one that... Well, Mark, Mark, come on then, Mark. I know you. it's on the tip of your tongue. He was the guy that did the bung, wasn't it, to keep Arsenal in the first division? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely awful, man. So there you go. So that was it. But anyway, but so we're I think we're in a we're in a great plan. I mean, you know, being Chelsea, it might all fall apart at the weekend and um and uh Lukaku gets injured and um and uh, somebody gets suspended and there's some, you know, dreadful, dreadful um scandal appears and uh, that's the end of Tuchel. But no, no, it won't happen. It won't happen. But no. um but but you know, but uh, it, it to me it's it's uh, we're on the verge of something absolutely magnificent. No, I think we are. I mean, uh, you know, Dane, I'm, I, I know you're hanging out your ass, so it's, it's, and I don't mean to to do this like like you know I'm picking on you, um, but I'm just kind of like asking you next for, for fear of you falling asleep sometime in the next ten minutes and then not being available. But um, you know, one of the things I, I I really enjoyed. I mean, I I think we all do here. I mean, all the chats I've ever had with you, you 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 particularly, Dane. You know, it was just lovely to see a proper striker, a proper kind of almost old-fashioned centre-forward playing. And I just loved the way that when he was playing, I mean, Mari, he had on toast. But, of course, Mari played right into his hands because he was trying to get tight to him. But that was great because you just kept on seeing him all the time, putting his hand back to see where he was so that he could spin him. And he did it every time. And then when, you know, when uh, Mari went straight through him, he got a yellow card, which was a stupid thing to do as a defender. (laughs) When Mari stood off him... You know, he just had more space to beat him. I mean, it was just a delight watching a proper centre forward at work, Dane. Yeah, very impressive, very dominant. Uh, with transfers, transfers are always a risk, and there's not many I I can't see not working. And with Lukaku, I'm I'm I've been a little bit overconfident. I cannot see how it can't work. He's you know he's got a beautiful left foot. He's got a good right foot. Uh, he is actually a lot faster than people give him credit for. He's uh, He always looks like, you know, it, dangerous. He always looks like he wants to score. He looks... I remember on his debut for Chelsea against Norwich uh, all those years ago, eight, nine years ago, and Mata scored. And instead of celebrating, he still got his hands out. Like, why didn't you pass to me for a tap-in? You know, he always wants to be the one on the end. I love his his greed and his just whole determination to score a goal. Uh, he, he's always looking like he wants to score, always looking, uh, he, he doesn't look like he loses confidence. And even a couple of times, you know, he, he did the arms out gesture, which I just explained, which I have seen him do a lot over the years to Reese, uh, to, to Mason. And I think one to, to an occasion when Mason, him. Mason should have, he should have crossed it to him, didn't he? And he pulled yeah. it back. No, no it's pulled back yeah. from Mason. It was Reese James. Sorry. He pulled it back from Mason. Yeah. He should just have later, I think he did goal. one to Ziyech and another one to, maybe yeah. to Mason or something else. But I, I said to my daughter, we're going to see that a lot through the season. But yeah, he gives me a lot of confidence. And I was, I did, I think actually JK responded to someone on Twitter who questioned, oh, I'm, I'm still not too on Lukaku. His touch ain't that good. He's this and that. And it I'm was sure Lloyd that, Cole. Yeah. and I, Lloyd I, I, Cole I, of I, Lloyd Cole and the commotions of all people. Chelsea yeah, yeah. fan, by the way. Yeah, but that was is. the point. He was talking about Lukaku. That's right. And even I think even Lineker uh, replied to him yeah, as well, didn't he? he? Did. Yeah, yeah. But I, you, I, I, you know, you listen. You're always going to get one, and this doesn't mean that Lloyd, you know, he's right to his opinion. He he sees what he sees, and we see what we see. But 
I think he will bring in a, a lot of the players, as we just saw so many little signs of it. You know, there's there's so much potential there with him if fit in that in the team spearhead in it. Yeah, definitely. Mark, you wanted to come in? Well, I was going to say, did Lloyd Cole say he had perfect skin? <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. You I, I thought, to say that. Well, actually, I was trying to get perfect skin or something like that, or, or no, uh, no, heartbroken no, 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 no. into 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 my tweet. And I thought, well, I can't. I think that's it. what he said to Arsenal or, or Mari. Are you ready to be heartbroken? And of course, he left the game like a forest on fire. And he had a shot like a rattlesnake. Oh, good. That's good. A good very one. good. Yeah. What, what, what I was going to say is like almost like the perfect centre forward performance. And although like I, I'm an optimist, almost like the reverse of Dane, because we'd spent a hundred million on him, you know. And I was thinking before the game on Sunday, I'm thinking, you know, he looks so good. He's been really good in Inter Milan. He was good for Belgium. He got goals for United, Everton, and West Brom. What can possibly go wrong? As you said in the intro. <laughs> But knowing the glorious unpredictability that is Chelsea, you know, what if it's a complete and utter disaster on Sunday? But he wasn't. You know, he led the line so well. It was like, yeah, incredible performance. He, he was tremendous. He made it look easy being a centre forward. Uh, and I, I'll give you a stat today um, from Football 365. I mentioned my friend Danny Ford a number of times on the show. And... He says, I always seem to mention him when he's had a drink. Well, he was completely sober when he sent this to me today. Um, and how many touches did Lukaku have in the first half? 13. He only had 13 touches in the first half and four of them were around the first goal. But yet, if you looked at that first half, he absolutely, to use Alan Shearer on that today last night, he absolutely battered Arsenal. But I only batted him with 13 <laughs> touches. He made it look so simple. Mm. It was an incredible performance. And as, as people have said, it was like revisiting Pete Drogba, you know, Pete Diego Costa. Uh, and that goal, how he just brushed Mari out of the way, you know. And interestingly, what I, what I found about that, there was almost like an inevitability about the Arsenal defence in that. Because... Yeah, if that had been an old school Arsenal offence, Adams and Bold have had their hands up appealing for decisions. This lot rolled over so easily to Lukaku, he just brushed them out, out of the way. They probably thought, half expected, oh, do you know what? We're going to get beat by Chelsea today and Lukaku's going to bully us into submission. But the other thing I liked about him as well, and I think it'll be interesting as the weeks go by, and, and JK made reference to it earlier, he was drifting out wide and he was coming deep you know, to get the ball. And I think depending how it pans out, he'll start leaving gaps behind him because Mari followed him out and other central defenders will follow him and that will leave space for the likes of Havertz, the likes of Mount and others. So his all-round play, just on one game alone, you know, is very, very promising indeed. So, you know, he wasn't a Kesman, he wasn't a Chris Sutton, you know, he wasn't a Morata. Yeah, he was Romelu Lukaku. What, what a debut, more of it to come. Mark, he actually came in from the right-hand side on one occasion and did two step-overs. Yeah. Like in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an incredible all, all-round performance for, for a debut performance. Now, there's still work to be done. And, you know, his teammates will get used to him as more and more weeks go by. But if that's one week's training with his new teammates... Yeah. That's a really good start. Well, he's he's done the thing that we all all needed him to do, which is to to hit hit the the ground running. And you know, Jonathan, I just ask a, ask a question: How different was it from playing without him? What are the benefits we would have had from playing without him? We'd have had Werner on the left, 
and Havertz playing in the hole, would there have been a different type of ball played? Would it? Yeah, would they would it, have passed it, it around sideways. Passed it around much. sideways yeah. more. Yeah, I mean, this is the. I mean, I want to get on to this actually. Sorry, Mark, in in the selection uh, that, that that Tommy T made because if you remember J.K. on Friday, I was pretty adamant that he would probably start Werner because, of course, this has all been this has all been trailed and teased as yeah. how we how we get a tune out of Werner playing yeah. with a big man, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and actually, we were saying on the show, you know, much as we could understand that, we would like to see Havertz play because he's such a good player. And actually, that's what. That's what um, Tuchel did. But not only that, J.K., you know, he played Rhys James on the right. As we as we predicted. As we predicted. And he played Alonso on the left, as we predicted. Because... No, no, in fact, we, we were dubious, slightly dubious about that. We no, thought I, said, might... I said I thought he'd play, play yeah, Alonso. We said in the end he'd play the man in form, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. they can both cross the ball. And, I mean, yeah. look at the way that Lukaku and, and... And, I mean, the interesting thing, actually, which I suspect you might have spotted was that all through the game and before and afterwards, Lukaku and James seem very, very close. There seems to be a bit of a bond there already between them. And I wonder if that's because in, in training this week, that's what they've been working on, James putting in balls for Lukaku, which is, again, something else that we said. Now, we wouldn't have had that with no Lukaku. Because... And also, the other thing is, 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 is James was very free on the right a lot because, I think, as you said, Mark, um, Lukaku was coming... Uh, back for the ball and looking for the ball and they were actually following Lukaku and so the, the midfield got very compressed and and then look there's Reese James absolutely free and with somebody as accurate as both Kovacic and uh, um, and Mount the ball's going to go just whisk straight to him and remember this is playing without Kante who came on in the second half it, still not, what I'm loving about this is we're not saying wow he played well wow um, he had an exceptional game we're saying they all had exceptional games they're all part of the team. This is a great team team performance, except they're all playing out of their skins. And there wasn't a single duff performance. Christensen, fantastic, speedy, intercepting everything. Um, uh, Dave, once again, if, in fact, Dave isn't found wanting at all the way he's playing at the moment. Yeah. He's not, his lack of speed isn't being pointed out at all, is it? Chief? It isn't at all. No, mate, you're right. I'm gonna, I want to talk about defence in part two because I, I, I'm, I'm a big, uh, big... I don't think they're getting enough love and I want to give them a lot of love. But just I, to continue this, sorry, a second about the Werner thing. Is Werner came on and I'm afraid did not impress. Still hanging around well, offside... That, you know. that, that's a, okay. I, I, as you said in your fan bite, which got a yeah. lot, that particularly got a lot of laughs. I mean, look, we got we got a question in from Discord from Steve Morgan, and he said, "Looking forward to the show on Monday. Do you guys think Havertz or Timo will work better alongside Lukaku?" And I mean, okay, we haven't seen a whole game of Timo with Lukaku, so it's a bit early to judge. But it's a good question to ask, isn't it, Mark? It's a good question, uh, and I still think there's time and there's space for Werner. Um, I actually thought he might go 4-2-3-1 on Sunday um, and we would have had Lukaku up top and we possibly would have had Werner, Havertz and Mount in the same side and then the two midfield players behind. But the five and the going to three worked really well. Um, the other thing I was just going to say about Lukaku as well, the other difference he brings, you know, although he, he is a bully as well. There's no there's no two, two ways about it. He is very physical and, you know, Mari, as a defender, will probably have a lot easier games for Arsenal during the coming season. And as much, and we've talked a lot about Tammy on the show, and there's a lot of love for all of us for Tammy Abraham. We wouldn't have got that goal 
Tammy's got other strengths and he's got goals at the Emirates floor. We wouldn't have got that goal on Sunday with a Tamri Abraham in the side. I think, and there's the difference between Lukaku and, and, and a Tamri Abraham. He just swatted Mari like a fly out of the way as if he wasn't even there. Yeah. And that's his physicality. Yeah, that's his receipt. And that's the bully in him. And what I'm really looking forward to next week's game, because obviously he's hyped up as the best ever Premier League defender that ever walked this earth, is Van Dijk. I'm really interested to see Lukaku go up against Van Dijk at the weekend. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with that. That's uh, one for us on Friday, definitely. Um, Dane, we, we talked about Reese James a minute ago. Um, and again, a brilliant assist for uh, Lukaku's goal. A brilliant goal himself. I mean, a really good goal himself. Um, and apparently, he, he, he looked like he got knocked out one day. He wasn't knocked out. Apparently, he was worried. Tuchel said he was worried that he'd lost a tooth. Um I, I think overall, Dane, I think he was really, really good. I mean, I think that I wonder if you can still ask question marks about his defending, which which seems odd because he's I think he's a very good defender, but he did get caught a few times. But over and overall, you know, because there's this issue about Hudson Odoi playing as the right wing back as well. But I, I think that that James has to nail this position down, particularly with Lukaku in the side, because we know he can really put a great ball in. So. You know, what What do you think about that, mate? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of, of Reese. I think we all have. We obviously saw the reputation, saw the love he's got from the youth team followers, the love he got from Wigan when he was on loan, and he come with, with a big reputation already. Uh, if, he, if, he, if there is some doubt over his defence, I really believe Tuchel will, you know, will sharpen those edges and mould him into a good defender. You know, the Arsenal left-back, Turney, you know, he's always going to get crosses and he's very good at attacking, but he was nowhere near Reese when Reese was attacking. So, you know, sometimes the balance is up. And I did remember some of the commentators saying, oh, he, he hasn't had a, a very good game defensively. I think Martin Tyler or, or Gary, Gary Neville. Neville. And Gary Neville tried to allude to him not being very good defensively against Scotland. That's why uh, Trippier was in the next game. But then you match of the day too and they said he had an all-round brilliant performance uh so again it's opinions i didn't see much defensively that he did wrong again going back to turn he's always going to find a way to get crosses in because that is one of his big strengths but i do believe he will improve as a defender his his attacking is his attacking his ability to put a ball in i remember seeing a stat last year i can't remember what the figures were but how many chances we missed through through the balls being played into the box from Reese, and he would have had so many assists, it, it, it would have been up there. I know we don't kind of always score every chance, but at least if, if we get half of them, and that ball straight into Lukaku was literally on a plate, and and his goal was a great finish. So yeah, it's it's only we can only see great things going forward with Reese there. Yeah, I, I mean, the reality is we we know that James can defend. I mean, I I will always point to that brilliant. Um, display against Palace at home uh, in Frank's first season where I think we won 3-0 or 3-1 and he had he had Zahar in his pocket the whole game mm -hmm. so we know he can defend and I think the other thing is is that you know from a from a both an attacking and a defensive point of view I think having James at right wing back is perfect because he is he's got a great shot on him he's he's he, he can play with both feet he can deliver a great great cross with his right foot he's got the pace to get back he's built like a tank you know what what is not to love about that and i i just think i mean apparently what i was hearing was um you know Tuchel was 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 umming and ahhing about 
about Reese as the right wing back compared to Hudson Odoi because he, he's not the kind of player who's going to dribble through two or three players. But I mean, you know, I've watched Hudson. I'm not trying to have a downer on Hudson Odoi here because I love the little little guy. I think he's brilliant. But I've watched him play a lot, obviously for Chelsea in the last year or two, and I. I don't see him beating two or three players a lot. He, he he seems to just kind of like pass it these days rather than do what I would like to see him do just to take it on. So I'm, I'm not really buying that. And I think James is a far better defender, obviously, than hudson Adoy. So I think he really has to, to nail that place down. Um, unless Mark or uh, JK want to come in on that, I'm going to move on to Tuchel and uh, Jorginho. No, I, I just think it's... It, sorry, Mark. Can I just yeah. briefly just say, I think it's... I think the major thing that he's... he's to figure out is those those curling crosses which are are, are very um similar to um uh terence trent uh why don't you stay well i mean ashley cole used to say when he was watching james in training he was the best crosser of a ball he'd seen since david beckham well there we have it so uh but yes I've, i i is is that supposed to be the role of the wing back is to uh is to to take people on and beat them like a winger i was under the impression we had zayek for that i was under the impression we had Havertz for that. I was under the impression we had Pulisic for that. You know, he's to me, he's Adoy doesn't hasn't got the same crossing ability. He's got better feet probably for beating players. But as you say, Chich, he doesn't he doesn't hasn't been implementing that. And I think he tried the experiment of Adoy as the wing back, and and it it wasn't as fluent. I mean, to be fair, he'd hardly played that position, and it was new to him. But you can be sure he's having a go at playing that in training. And to me, he's. Uh, is is so much more of a unit than Adoy as well because Adoy's a bit bit slight. Perhaps it was a speed thing. You don't know what they're doing in training while they're working out who is the the quicker. But I didn't think he put a foot wrong yesterday, yeah. Reese James. At all, I'm yeah. afraid. I, I agree. No. Attack, you know? I, I yeah. totally agree. Mark? Yeah, I, I I agree. I had him down as the man of the match. I thought he had a fine game, and I think some of it it might come down against what we say often. What happens on the training ground? Because if we go back a week, you know who was the man of the match. Chalaboa, you know, so I was half expecting Chalaboa to be in the side yesterday because he had such a fine game against Crystal Palace. So maybe it's the Lukaku coming in. Tuchel sees something in training between James and Lukaku. As we said, James is a great crosser of the ball. And, and some of the balls last season, he was putting into the area and there was no one on the end of him. So maybe that's, a, you know, Tuchel has spotted something there, you know, and... It works well. I think the the other thing as well is Tierney is no mug. I know they've got a few B team players. Apparently, he's the best left back in the game, according, according to Dave to, Seager. Um, yeah, our Arsenal chum. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, I think he's a good left back, and he he'd have a game he wanted to forget yesterday. He he didn't know whether he was coming or going. Do, do I? And that comes back to Lukaku again. Yeah. Do I go in a cover Mari because he's having a mare against Lukaku, or do I stay out left? But then you know, so you know. James had a fine game yesterday. And I think the other thing, and Dane made reference to it, the goal, what a superb goal. But he also gave us that brilliant moment as well when he actually celebrated in front of the <laughs> Arsenal fans. And look, today, just look at it, it's like there's that where's Wally moment, <laughs> you know, where he, he's there and like all the different expressions of those Arsenal fans behind the goal <laughs> with Reese James. I can't remember who done it. There's some guy has been posting up today and asking to name the people in the Arsenal crowd. And we've had Billy Gibbons from ZZ Tops there. Um, <laughs> a John Terry's brother is there. Chandler from Friends. A fat Ian Hislop. Minty from EastEnders. Like Ray Parler's love child. Like a fat Ronaldo. 
and Harold Shipman as well. Just, <laughs> oh, no, the, it's so funny, some of the things. The funniest one I saw, Mark, was the off-the-buses one when they zoomed in on oh, the yeah. I'll, I'll get you, Butler. <laughs> I'll get you, Butler. I'll break you from off-the-buses, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice was the catalyst for that, just by celebrating in front of the Arsenal fans. As we say, we like a bit of shithousery. Well, but, you know, but, you know, they threw a bottle at him as well that missed. They, they couldn't even hit. They couldn't even hit the target. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can but I just say a moment? The, the joy that it must be for the players to be playing well and to have such support behind them. When he came to take the corner um, at, in the Chelsea end towards the end of the game, Rhys James, the love that he got was just absolutely phenomenal, and. You could see that the you could he crinkled with the joy of it. It was just so lovely to see this this these waves of emotion coming out from the crowd. And him, you think that he's playing out of his skin. They're beating Arsenal. They're just about to win two 0 They've got a corner. He's taking it, and the crowd absolutely love them. And they can only get better. The confidence they are getting from beating these teams, playing so well, but also having the crowd so behind them is the joy that it must be giving them as, as players and people. Wow. I mean, just imagine what it would have been like with those youngsters breaking into the first team for the first time, you know, under Frank, and then being denied that for, for yeah. that long. What a yeah. what an absolute piece of shit that must have been. Mark, you had your hand up. And we need a song for him as well. Um, we have so, got a song. Well, I was gonna There is nothing <laughs> in the world like Rhys James. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing uh, in uh, the world. And uh, uh, we need to keep pushing that mr Waller keeps pushing it on twitter people need to pick up they on that. Do. yeah, a, yeah a, proper, a proper song for rich james there's, there's nothing like <laughs> i love like, that i love that nothing Thanks. like rich james nothing in the world yeah <laughs> what's the other bit of it that is so great oh, is, is that, there's nothing like rich james nothing, nothing in, the, in world. the world there is nothing like rich james that is anything like rich james no it's, that's not quite it i'm gonna find it in the break and then we'll sing yeah. it in part two i promise you oh, wow. right. I love it. Uh, okay I love it. okay right um we're gonna have a a, a natter this is brilliant actually because you know i mean i try and be even-handed with my, there are very few chelsea players i've absolutely coated off just awfully for years and years and years on end Sla- we Slo- remember one though don't we chid slavisa yukanovic uh, yes one and no, lost me. Well, Mikel, I, I, I hated for years, and then I suddenly saw the yeah, light true, true. and realised what a great player he was. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I'm prepared to change my mind on people, you know, which I think is absolutely perfect. And in fact, some wag on Twitter, I think it was Tell, bless him, who, had, who then apologised for, 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 for winding me up. But I said, for God's sake, don't do that. Flippancy is something I embrace. But he said, um, you've changed your tune on Lukaku in response to my article. And this is true. But then Lukaku has changed, so why not? And I think this may well fit into this category because there was a brilliant... Uh, Adam, you know, teased this on Friday with us saying it's embargoed. Well, the embargoed bit was his interview, uh, which I would imagine that all the broadcast, uh, all the newsprint journalists get a bit of about an hour with Tommy Tuchel after the, the main presser, but it gets embargoed. And basically, he was talking about Jorginho, and I think this is brilliant. I'm going to read all of this. It's a bit long, so pin your luggles back. And uh, don't go to sleep. Uh, Right, he says, 
This is all on Jorginho. He says, I think Georgie is a very strategic player. He can play in advance, knows what to do in ball possession, can imagine what is going to happen in one or two passes ahead. He knows where to help out in short distances and long distances, when to switch the play, when not to switch the play. He has a good sense of rhythm. He lacks, if you isolate him or watch him separately, the pure physical ability that makes him the number one candidate to be a number six in the Premier League. But once you have him in a structure, he is very well organised in his game. He organises all the environment around him, which helps him then when everything is organised, and then he can show his true abilities in controlling the rhythm of a game. He is relentless on defence. He wants to be everywhere on the pitch. He has a huge ability to run a lot. Maybe he lacks the high speeds, but he compensated with a lot of work rate and with very good anticipation in his defensive work. On top of all that, he's a top guy. He's funny. He has a big smile on his face every single day. You can have chats with him. You can laugh every single day with him because he's up for a laugh, up for a good life. He's in love with his, with this game. And this is the feeling he transports in the first minute. And he never stops transmitting this energy that he's really into the game and thinking about tactics and loves to be involved and feel a true connection with the game and such a positive guy. That makes him a very, very important player and a huge link in the middle of the pitch, not only for us, but also for Italy. I'm very happy that guys like him, like Kante and De Bruyne, and this will have a huge effect on guys like Matteo Kovacic, that people understand the importance of these characters and what they do, that sometimes they don't shine, but they make other people shine. And this is also important for any team in the world. Now, I think it's it's becoming very apparent from my my almost schoolgirlish excitement for Tommy Tuchel that I'm beginning to absolutely rate this guy hugely. And it's it's statements like that that do it for me because that is the best honest appraisal of Jorginho that I have ever read. Because this, I think Tuchel's ability to analyse with such insight is is second to none. But I think he's nailed it there, you know, because he's admitting that, that Jorginho, you know, he's he's not up to it all the criticisms that i made we've all made on this show he's not up to it physically he can't tackle he can't run blah 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 yeah he can pass but he he's saying yeah i i get that but actually if you play him with the right people and the right system in the right way you can mitigate his weaknesses and you can accentuate his strengths because he does have strengths too and i think tuchel outlined that brilliantly and okay yeah the other stuff about being a great guy and positive and all that well that's that's great but you still got to be a good footballer so I've read that JK and I've thought you know what I you know maybe maybe I should shut my mouth well similarly I I called him the c-word didn't I uh... did you really was it I thought that was Werner you you dropped the c-bomb with maybe you did too maybe you uh, did it to both of them no I've never called Werner a a, a c-word I've I've called him uh, um, offside Inadequate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always offside. But turn um, turn it offside, Werner. <laughs> his middle name. <laughs> but offside. But um, uh, no, I've all. I, I, I. It was specific. I've always been rude about specific games. I think you've had a. You. You've. You've always been slightly more. Um, You've used a larger brush to describe him in games. So when he's played well, you've not really admitted cheating. <laughs> no, <very> well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whereas, uh, whereas I've I've said, you know, he, he had a quite a good game actually uh, uh, in that one. He was terrible in the previous game. Um, but I think, yeah, I think under Frank, he was found out much more because Frank played him not as much in a 
in a pattern. It's it's becoming more and more obvious. Well, it's, it's obvious anyway that Tuchel plays a very specific. Um, uh, um, how can I meant without mentioning the word pattern again? He plays um, a very ordered game, and everybody has a role. And uh, um, as he says, it, it's it's allowed him to uh, to flourish, whereas before um, he was being found out. Um, and I've yet to see him be found out under Tuchel. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very good point because I don't think he has. I think watching him play for Italy. I mean, that's the other interesting thing because I watched, you know, because I, I, you know, there's not much else to do actually. I got really quite into the Euros, and I love, uh, you know, Viali obviously, who was who was the, the I don't know what he was in the Italian squad, but he was there. So I watched a lot of the Italian games, and and I thought, bloody hell, Jorginho is really good. You know, and I, I just thought, oh, it's because he's playing with good players, Lola, Lola, Verratti, blah, 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 Locatelli, blah, blah, blah. But actually, I think it's the same point that Tuchel's making. You know, under managers who understand how to make him work in the right system, he is an incredibly effective player. In a sense, it's what Sarri was attempting to do. This is why he was considered essential for Sarri's, Sarri's setup, because Sarri always had a specific series of tactics he wanted to employ or a way of playing. And Jorginho found it simple to be able to play in that as that, that setup. I fear with Frank, it was a little bit more open and he was asking him just to play midfield rather than saying your role is to do this and that. And he was a bit um, uh, out of his depth doing that. Mm. Um, so, I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have come with that reputation. With, he, he wouldn't have had that reputation with Sarri if he hadn't have been delivering that kind of thing in Italy. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, you know, my Damasian conversion for Jorginho is so comparable to that of John Obi-Wan Mikel, who I suddenly fell in love with after his Man of the Match display against Bayern München in the uh, European Cup final. But there you go. Better late than never, eh? Mark, Dane, what say you guys? reincarnation of Jorginho you know what 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 a transformation just by having one manager because I, I would say even under Sarri I found Jorginho frustrating I'd, I'd agree the point under Frank yeah Frank played a completely diff, different way so it would not have always worked with Jorginho but under Tuchel you know it just it just seems to work really well you know uh, so even if you go back a couple of years like when you had the the Jorginho sort of Kovacic on the Sarri and the 68 minute goes up and you wonder, you know, which of them would be substituted for Ross Barkley. You know, you, you sort of think, oh, you know, it's like a different player. You know, it really is like a different player. And, you know, I watched Italy uh, in the Euros as well. And I was just thinking he is a really good footballer, but I suppose different manager, different formation, you know, you know, it, it may not work. And I think that comes down to the skill of Tommy T. Yeah, definitely. Dane? Yeah, I was quite blown away by uh, Tuchel's analysis description of Jorginho. Not that I should be surprised because I can't, you know, ever since he's, he's come into the job, you know, every every interview, every press conference is so, is so watchable, so viewable. He's such an intelligent man. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you know, it's so easy to be critical of Jorginho. You know, we've got members of the fan cast who are fans of him and some maybe like us who have a little bit, you know, it's easy to point out the... Uh, his weaknesses in the tackle and sometimes he gets overrun. We even sort of said something similar on, on our little WhatsApp group on Sunday that the, you know, that centre midfielder is getting a little bit overrun, but I think he's also an easy target. Uh, you know, if you remember Hazard, one, one of our greatest players in, in, in recent years, he would not have a great game every day, every, every time we play. Uh, and Jorginho, I think people just wait to point out his weaknesses, yeah. which we know what they are, but he, he controls the game the way Tuchel wants 
want it to be controlled. And if you fit him in in a team where you've got three good centre-backs uh, behind him, two wing-backs, he, he is quite well protected and he can do his job, which he does do, you know, brilliantly, you know, with, with world-class elements. So, as I said, it's so easy to point out the weaknesses, which you know what they are, but we need to just praise his yeah. qualities and, and we're seeing them so much under Tuchel and, and long may it continue. Yeah, good, very good point, uh, Dane. I think just to, just to wrap up on this, um, you know, I thought also Tommy Tuchel's other point, which is something that, you know, I think we, we me, you know, a lot of us really too easily miss is that, you know, football played at its at its best is a team game, and it's about the constituent elements of that team that make the whole greater than the sum of its parts. And it therefore, and I think that was my problem with Mikel. I I could never understood under I could never really understand what he did, and uh, I suspect some something similar with Jorginho. And yet, you know, some some you know you need players in a team who, as as Tuchel says, make the other players shine. Because that's how you get the machine working brilliantly, and that's what Jorginho and, and, and does, and what what Tuchel is alluding to. And I can't believe somebody of my age doesn't get this, because the best exponent of that in my lifetime, just was Sir Alf Ramsey and the World Cup winning team for England in '66. You know, you looked at the eleven players on the pitch, and you look at that team. Like, well, they they're not much good. Don't know why they're playing, but actually, they all did the right job at the right time. Nobby Styles is the classic case in point often argued but there were others in that team as well you know Roger Hunt for example I think is another good example so how I didn't get that you know we're, we're none of us are perfect can I, Dane can I can I just elaborate on I know obviously I said about we're, we're too easy to point out Jorginho's weaknesses but you know where I think he is unfair on him we don't do it enough with others on the same level you know Mason is a great player and one of our criticisms will be he should score more Pulisic not consistent enough. Uh, Werner doesn't score enough. But and he's we're, offside. We're to all, yeah, well, exactly. And, and we're always and Christensen maybe doesn't score enough if you if you want to be harsh on, on him being a centre back. But we're we're so quick to jump on the Jorginho's when we can really can criticise all the players. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Dane. Mark, you want to come in? No, it's a, it's a message for Dane just to show that this is, as Martin Tyler says, live. Live. <laughs> live. And it's live. And, and it's live. Uh, and I think it's Die, Blue Blood 2510, <gasps> has just said on Twitter, die. the lovely Die said, tell Dane to turn his lamp off. It's sunny outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can talk, mate. You're, you're looking a bit in the gloom. Me and Jonathan. I'm going to have to put my, I'm gonna put my light lit. on in a minute. I'm in total darkness. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough yeah. of all of this. Um, we're, gonna, we're, we're going into a break in a sec. So I've got a couple of. Uh, Shout-outs for you all. Uh, the first of all is uh, this week's Football Prizes competition. Yay! Uh, right, it's another three-hander this week. Uh, so you can win a Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank signed and framed shirt, an Eden Hazard signed and framed montage, and a 2021-22 Chelsea home or away shirt. Oh, yes. And the brilliant thing about this is that tickets to enter the draw are £2.95p each ticket. You can buy as many as you like. Uh, they usually limit this to either 50 or or 90, well, 49, 99 or 199 tickets. So I'm not quite sure which one this is. But, you know, that price, you could probably afford to splurge out on a few, which gives you a better chance of winning the prize draw, which uh, will be held on Tuesday, the 24th of August, in the evening. So you've got until half past seven tomorrow night, Tuesday, the 24th of August, to enter. And the link to the prize is footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Man United hyphen or hyphen Chelsea 
easiest thing to do is to just go to our at Chelsea Fancast Twitter page because I've got it pinned there to make it easy for you because I'm so kind. Uh, right, now, um, CFC UK uh, back in action brilliantly, wonderfully. The wonderful DJ and his merry men. Uh, I, no doubt DJ was around yesterday because he, he loves selling them at, at the away. Saw him. Did you? I saw him. Lovely. I took a picture of him. I haven't told him about that yet. I won't put it up. He doesn't no, like. No, he doesn't like that. Like protects his anonymity. I mean, I used to go through a spell if I was ever at an away game, and actually, nearly always at cup finals, if I ever saw DJ selling the fanzine, which of course inevitably you would, uh, I would always make him remove his cap, and I would kiss his uh, bald pate, uh, <laughs> a, la, a, la, a la Fabian Bartes and Laurent Blanc. For yes. good luck, I would kiss his kiss his head for good luck. So there you go. He, he very charmingly said he'd advertise um, if I did a little blog, he'd do something about my dad's book. In oh uh, really? Yeah, in the fanzine. Very sweet of him. Yeah, that's very nice. That's really? very nice. Lovely. He's a lovely man. He's a lovely man. Very Indeed, lovely. and uh, that's why he only charges only a pound. Uh, now, uh, as you all know, you can get uh, the CFC UK fanzine at the stall, uh, which is open uh, for business on match days, and it's situated opposite the uh, entrance to Fulham Broadway, you know, the main kind of shopping uh, uh, kind of centre bit of Fulham Broadway. So we're over the road from there, uh, and you can see a load of us. You know, Mark Worrell's always there. I'm often there. Tim Rolls, Mark Meehan's there. All of us who write for the fanzine, of course. We all tend to congregate there on a match day. Um, but uh, many of you can't do that, and I'm fully aware of that. So I've now got the definitive guide as to how to subscribe to CFC UK. So the cost to residents for this season, uh, the subscription, is minimum 10 issues. That'll be 16 quid. Individual copies will cost £2 each. Payment can be accepted by uh, PayPal or sent and sending £16 to fanzine at cfcuk.net. If you live in Europe, the cost is 35 quid, whilst the cost to the rest of the world is £45. Now, this is for a, a proper, you know, real copy of the fanzine. But you can go for a digital subscription, uh, which is emailed in a PDF format, and that costs £6 for a season, whilst the cost of individual issues will remain at only a pound. And for those living abroad, it's cheaper to receive the digital version because, unfortunately, the postal costs are somewhat prohibitive. Uh, but obviously, uh, Dave will need your full address details for the hard copy version or your preferred email address should you require the PDF one. And for further inquiries, please email fanzine at cfcuk.net. Go and do it, people. You won't regret it. Some great writers and great writing in there. And I'm proud to say so many of them are people on the fan cast. So Marco, uh, Mark, Clayton, Dean, myself. Who am I forgetting? I think that's it from the regulars, isn't it? But we've also got people like Walter Otten, uh, Kelvin, who have been on the show many, many, many times. So there we go. We're, we are so simpatico with CFC UK fanzine. Right, uh, we're going to have a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about more about the uh, Arsenal-Chelsea game. Eine Frage. Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 kmh. Wie lang war der Drive? 229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen. Und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store. Abo erforderlich. See you in a sec. Fans, real opinions. 
I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. We're now in part two of uh, a show. And uh, if I tell you now, nearly 57 minutes have gone and that was supposed to be half an hour's worth of chat. So nothing has changed on the Fancast. We we couldn't keep to time if our lives depended on it. And I, do you know what? I, I don't care. That's the whole attitude of this show. Now, uh, my sidekick, as always, uh, star of stage screen and uh, Chelsea fanbite, the right honourable Mr Kidd. Great to be on the show, Chidge. Thank you very much indeed for having me. Yeah, I love the way you all bow and scrape when I introduce you. It's, I like it. It's good for my ego. Lovely. Great to see you, mate. I, lo- I love the other, the other thing I love about, about you is you have the, the widest range of Chelsea T-shirts I think I've ever seen. <laughs> and you always wear them on the show. I was going to wear my uh, Champions of Europe uh, uh, T-shirt for on t- uh, Talk Sport today, but uh, your discretion I thought was the better part of valour today. I thought I didn't want to run it. What are you in. wearing, Mark? What have you got on them? Oh, it's, it's the jam. I've got jam. the jam on tonight. Nice, yeah. like that. Good to see you, Mark, as always. Uh, good to see you. Uh, good to be on the show tonight. Yeah, re- really enjoyable first first hour or so. Yeah, we're taking far too long, but what the hell? We don't care, yeah. do we? I mean, we don't care. We yeah. don't care. We don't care yeah. at all. I mean, Dane might care because Dane Dane's hanging out of his ass, having been on a double stag weekend, double stag do this weekend. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's two brothers. We're getting married. Married one's in uh, September, one's October. No, I'm okay. I've got a couple of days off still, so I'm good. But yeah, evening everyone. It's always a pleasure to be on. Yeah, always great to see you. Always great to see you, Dane. Uh, Okay, so uh, we need to get into part two. And uh, oh, oh, I know what we're going to do. We found the Reese James song. Well, we found. Well, there's a bit of conjecture as there always. I thought it was Marco that invented it, but Mark tells me that this is not true. It's actually Sid Celery. Am I right? Uh, the version I found, I found Marco's version, but I found Sid Celery's version that, that precedes Marco's. You know. But uh, it's one of the same chorus, so it's nice and simple. Yeah. So we're going to sing the chorus, but yeah. um, of course this doesn't work, does it? Because we, we'll all be out of sync. So uh, if I, shall I sing it? Because I know what the lyrics are. Why not? And then you then you'd make sure you, you learn them, JK. And then Mark's <laughs> going to tag uh, me in, or the fan cast in, with, with Sid Celery's tweet about the whole... The whole nine yards. So, there is nothing like Reese James. Nothing, nothing in the world. There is nothing you can name that is anything like Reese James. Wait, it's, it's almost how I sang it earlier. No, you, you, you said there was nothing. There is nothing like Reese James. There's nothing like Reese James. Is what you say? Excuse me, I was a bit more complex than that. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm summarising, summarising to clarify, mate. It's what there I is nothing like Rhys James. Nothing you can name. There is nothing like Rhys James. That is anything like Rhys James. No, that's, all, that's all ass about face, mate. It's like I said. So I read it out. There is nothing like Rhys James. Nothing in the world. Okay, which it okay, should that's actually what I did be before. It should you actually. It, now. it should actually. Before, yeah. It should actually be nothing. Nothing in the world. Yeah, but, I know nothing. Okay, but that's too complicated. No, that but Marco missed that out. That's not your fault. And okay, then. The, okay. And the last stanza is there is nothing you can name that yeah, is yeah. Anything, anything like Reece Jack- yeah, James. Okay, okay. There is there is nothing like Reece James. Nothing in the world. There is nothing you can name that is anything like Reece James. Or if you wanted to do that is anything like Reece James. Why the fuck did I start this? Why did I start this? <laughs> fuck you, know. All right. 
Chidge, okay. can you imagine if I teach JK the verses? Well, this I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the reverses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, you know, tag tag JK in as well, and he can sing I've all just, next week. I've just WhatsApped everybody the verses as well. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now, um, I kind of alluded to this not just in part one, but also in the intro. So enamoured uh, am I of of this? And I mean, I love I love creative. I love flair players. I mean, that's why we go to the game. I mean, you know, to to watch somebody like Eden Hazard, uh, you know, weave his magic. Uh, Pat Nevin back in the day. Charlie Cook for the older people among us. You know, that's why we go. That's why we pay our money. But. I, I kind of like all sorts of different, uh, you know, uh, players. To be honest, I mean, I love I love the bullies like like Drogba and Costa and stuff like that. But I think the defence doesn't get enough praise, and I think our defence doesn't get enough praise. I mean, the other thing that really impressed me about yesterday's performance against Arsenal, I mean, Beringham and I predicted three one win, is that, and I predicted they'd concede a goal last week too. So I need to get my head together and realise that they've actually got a bloody good. Uh, defense. That's another clean sheet. That's so it's picking up from where we left uh, left off last season. And of course, last season we had the second best goals against, uh, only second to City. City uh, conceded thirty two. We conceded thirty six. Uh, and I think the thing that really impresses me most is that they just look like they delight in defending. And I haven't seen a Chelsea side look like they delight in defending. Uh, this much since I think I would say John Terry and uh, and, and and Ricky Carvalho, it was just like it's like a personal insult to either of those two. If if anybody ever got past them or a goal chance was created, they would like they would like be kicking the turf, berating themselves. They wouldn't have it. And and I think our defence now has got something of that. And I mean, there were so many examples on the pitch yesterday. Of, of kind of last-ditch tackles, last-ditch interventions to to prevent goal-scoring opportunities. Christensen made a really brilliant uh, uh, interception. Aspie made a great block uh, of of a shot that I would have suspected might have been goal-bound. Rudiger uh, ran his bollocks off to just beat somebody to the ball in the penalty area and booted it out. And then Mendy, um, brilliantly, when there was a long ball put forward for Oboomerang, um Basically, Christensen pushed up, pushed up to get him offside, but was caught. But Mendy had figured it out, and he raced out to boot the ball clear. And I'm, I have to say, mate, I am, I am loving this because, as we all know, as Alex Ferguson said, J.K., attacks and goals may win you games, but it is defenses and clean sheets that win you titles. Yeah, the the defense is uh, completely in tune with with all his tactics and contribute uh, um, effortlessly with the rest of the team to make it work. It's just, um, it, it's, they, they, they play so beautifully that, uh, as I said earlier, I find it terribly difficult to single people out because, um, because it, just, it, it just coalesces so, so fantastically. I mean, the very fact that, that we can play, uh, we were alluded to earlier, we can play um, Jorginho and... Kovacic together and we're not complaining about it we just think it's a decent combination they'll fit in beautifully with defense they're all helping each other out um there isn't a weak cog at the moment in the side at all and uh when I thought um uh, every single time and they resorted to this just booting the ball down the wing tactic which they started off exactly the same way as if they played in the cup final he obviously thought that was the way to beat Chelsea again uh, Arteta which made me rather realize that he was very 
short on, on ideas that they just booted the ball down to the wings and ran after it and, and pressed a lot. And the ease with which everybody, Rudiger in particular, Rudiger and Christensen, I remember they're the main centre-halves, aren't they? Just outpaced everybody and got to the ball, just revealed how how uh, ex expert they are at playing in these positions. And um, um, he, he's given them the ability to all to express their talents in the best way possible. So I, I, I can't, uh, it, it, it just becomes as one, as it were. You know, I'm waiting for Christian. I don't think Rudiger will score a great goal. I don't think that, that Kovacic will ever score a great goal, but I'm waiting for Christensen to score another because, um, as he did in the European Championships, because... Uh, He's got a decent shot on him, and I think they'll I think they'll start pinging him in from all over the place. I'll be intrigued to see how many other players score haven't been scoring. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I don't I don't care if any of them score a goal because if they carry on defending like they are, they're doing yeah. their job, and that's all I ask. No, I agree, but I like the fact that that they've got this ability as well. I think the goal, you know, after all, goals win the matches. So I'm well. JT's got the highest number of goals than any any defender, hasn't he, in the Premier League? Yeah. Well, yeah. the sooner that they start scoring from corners. Well, from the, with the defence scoring, the better. But at the moment, it's Lukaku. I think everybody will start because Drogba used to be such a major influence. It left other players in space to allow them to score, and I think this is what's going to happen with Lukaku. But um, uh, just to be unbelievably polemical, I, I I don't think Werner's going to play much this season. What in defence? Uh, no, I just went. I just threw something in from. from uh, yeah, I, I touche, touche. Ever be, ever be a, ever be a <laughs> but I just thought I'd add that. Just so anybody could go. I thought you might go. You've Ooh. got Werner Tourette's, haven't you? You can't go. Ooh, you can't go five minutes without mentioning. I haven't. Werner. I thought he came on and it was like watching, you know, a schoolboy playing with a balloon. Mate, he came on in the ninetieth minute. It let's, doesn't matter. Let's he's see. Still, let's still, see. Let's should have come on. Let's, and done something. Here's the thing, J.K. Right? I, I, yeah. You are such a bastard getting me down the fucking Werner route again, but I'm going to do it. It's Werner, actually, Chidge. Werner. I I called him Wiener last season, if you remember. I know you did. But anyway, um, let's just see, because we've been told, the great and the good, uh, and and Nigel Spackman, that... um, he needs to play with a big striker. That's where he got how he got all his goals last. Uh, the, you know when he played for Leipzig, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I don't know how he's going to get yeah. in. Well, let's let's see because if he plays with Lukaku <laughs> and still can't hit the, a cow's ass with a banjo, then hats off to you, J.K. You're right. No, no, no I, I I don't want to be right. I want the team just to play well. I'm just prophesying that he w- prophesying prophesizing. No, yeah, whatever. Prophe- yeah, he won't get in. Predicting. <laughs> Predicting. There's the word. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, right, can we go back to the defence, Dane or, or Mark? Sorry, 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 no, no, I'm... no, no, I'm good. JK, de- never, ever, ever apologise. You were so brilliant on Chelsea fan bite, you don't have to apologise for anything ever again. All right. How long will that last before before I until I... next Monday? Okay, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> so Dane or Mark, I don't know which one of you want to talk. I, about. I was going to say, probably joke, joking apart, Tuchel is so good. <laughs> You never know, Werner could end up playing in the fence and playing. <laughs> <laughs> we need a speedy uh, right back or something. Or well, left, he, 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 could, he could play as a wing back in this formation. You, know, you just don't know what this manager. He, he, he does some amazing things. I thought the defence was excellent yesterday. Uh, I know there was a period where the WhatsApp was going, where I think we, we lost our way a bit in the second half in the pissing rain and Arsenal seemed to, which they had to after that appalling first half, come out as a bit more. But the defence was just so solid. You know, it just, we didn't look, you know, 
like giving them much to play with. I think in the end, I think Mendy made that save. Was it from Abamyang from outside the area? He tipped. It, I can't remember who took the shot that he tipped it over the bar. Yeah. So there, there wasn't much in the penalty area for Arsenal to grab onto because you know the three of them. And again, I wrote down yeah before today that you know last ditch tackle, that diving second half challenge by Aspel Equator was excellent. You know, it was like John Terry or Cavallo at, at their best. You know, mm. so but very solid performance. Like you, Chid, I, I put down at Arsenal with scored prem predictions, but I don't think we really look like conceding the goal. You know, you know. So as I said, uh, be interested again on, on Saturday, not just the Lukaku, um, Van Dijk, you know, how our defence performs against Liverpool's attack as well. If you listen to Danny Murphy this morning, you know, he doesn't think that Chelsea will win up at Anfield. So for that alone, let's go up and beat the scouse bastards on Saturday. Yeah, it was really good to see that uh, Chelsea-Liverpool match from 2003 again, uh, to see Gerrard getting sent off for being a wanker and <laughs> uh, and Danny Murphy being a useless tart. It was always good to be reminded of these things. Anyway, Dane, sorry for the digression. Uh, what about your case of the defence? Yeah, I you know, listen, uh, it allows the formation two call plays and the tactics two call plays, it allows each of those players and it gives them, uh, you know, security there's a solid element to them. You know, if you look at Reese to his left, he's got Dave, you know, looking after and protecting and in his ear, Jorginho Kovacic. Same with Alonso on, on the left. He's got Jorginho Kovacic and, and Rudiger on, on on his right shoulder. You know, this formation protects all of them. Uh, you, obviously, we've heard things over the years. Rudiger can't play in the four. Christian can't play in the four. Dave was finished two and a half seasons ago. Uh, when Tuchel come in, Rudiger, I said I said this on one of the shows. After about you know ten games into Tuchel's era, Rudiger was 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 playing on a world class level so much that if he played for Liverpool, they'd be calling it the second coming of Van Dyke on Sky Sports News. Christensen has been playing unbelievable as well. Again, the formation allows him to be free. Dave, as I said, was finished two and a half years ago. Again, playing at the top of his level. Uh, James, you know. <sighs> We said earlier this is going to be a good way to see how how he progresses in this side. Alonso has been absolutely brilliant. I'm still, if I had a choice, I'd still go with Chilwell, but you can't drop Alonso the way he's playing at the moment. And uh, I can't, I don't think we can panic too much on who's in and who's out. I know we the JK was talking about his his favourite German Werner Werner earlier, but as we saw even last season when Alonso came in and a lot of people was upset for Chilwell, Chilwell eventually got in. The games come quick and fast in a season that will be in all the cups, probably go quite far in all the cups. So players will get an opportunity and it's up for them to take them. If they don't take them, it's tough because someone else will. Yeah, totally right. I agree with that. Uh, Mark? Dane just did it for me. I was about to say, we're, we're an hour into the show plus, and we hadn't mentioned Alonso, you know, and dangerously absolutely right. You know, what a fine game he had again. Yeah, another one. Yeah, a yeah. really fine game. Yeah, he had. You know, and again, brilliant. I love Marcus Alonso, but you know, I, I would have thought you go back twelve months ago with Chilwell coming in. Chilwell's such a good player. You know, you know, Alonso. You you don't ever play against Tottenham because you know he's going to score against. But <laughs> he was he was great again yesterday. He had a fine game. Mm. Yeah, he's he got did, this yeah, great ability to, to get the ball out of situations where you think, oh, he's going to get tackled. And he squeezes a pass through and it sets something up as as, as, yeah. as, yeah. as all of them appear to be doing. It's almost as if they've as one uh, this ability to find each other in situations where you think, no, actually, he's going to lose it. No, he hasn't. He's managed to, to actually somehow get the ball from uh, he was being he was being pressed out um, towards the touchline. And he got his long leg out and flicked it 
forwards to mount. I just thought that was so capable. Yeah. I think I think some you know some managers you know players have been picked and we all scratch our heads and think how are these players still in the team? But what we haven't got a problem with is if a player is consistently playing well. I don't know how many of the fan cast members or or the people who listen would prefer Chilwell to Alonso, for example. But at the moment, Alonso's playing out of his skin. Brilliant football, so you can't drop him. No. Years ago, players have played played playing. We think, well, how are they still getting the team? They're not playing well. But if you're consistently playing well, then you you, you yeah. become undroppable. I think the thing that Alonso got as a plus is he, he's a great goal scorer. Yeah, mm. you know, I, I, he scores fantastic yeah. goals for he's Chelsea. A, a, really skillful goals. You just think if we can get the rest of his game together, he's brilliant. He's look, got the rest of his game together. J.K., I, I, I've said it many, 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 many times on this show. I think he's technically one of the most gifted players that we've got. I really, really do. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 I think he's got exquisite. I mean, there was a there was a moment in the match yesterday. I can't remember it for the life of me, but I just remember going ooh at the time. But somebody did a long ball to him or something, and he just and he trapped it. He trapped it. it. Well, that's the kind of thing we would see Zola yeah. do and go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never seen yeah, anybody that makes, do that. Before. That's yeah. exactly what I did. Yeah. That noise, Jid, yeah. is exactly the noise yeah, I made. Exactly. Actually, yeah. yeah. yeah he brought it out of the sky. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah I remember he's that really technically very, very gifted. And I think the other thing about Alonso is that he's a massive pro. Uh, and that's and you know, hair, and what, what and, hair. Be- and beautiful hair, of course. Of course, I'm the most qualified to talk about his beautiful hair. Although Mark, Mark, similar, Mark's, very similar hair. Mark's Chid. running me close, I think. Actually, on that <laughs> time, you got your barnet <laughs> crop, mate. But uh, I think it's it's, it's sure cut. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking. I'm, I'm going full Marcus Alonso well, at the moment. I've had yeah. dire news that my hairdresser's in Croatia until September the fourth. Oh, just don't cut it, Chidge. I'm not. September. I'm not going to. I won't see anybody else. I quite fancy her actually. You're Dan. You're Dan. Anyway, uh, I was going to go back on on Dane's point, which I think you're absolutely spot on, Dane. Uh, you know, I think us as supporters, you know, I would if if players are playing really, really, really well and are on form and are contributing and making meaningful, substantive contributions, then they have to play in my book because you've got to play the players that are in form. On the other side of the coin, what I really get very pissed off with is players being perpetually picked who are basically in terrible form and don't have don't look like they're going to improve. I think that's what really pisses most supporters off. You know, when when somebody's getting a passage because they're 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 playing on reputation, you know. And I I don't I think Tuchel's not that kind of manager. You know, he 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 looks very carefully at training and probably all sorts of other stats and other research that's, that they do. Yeah. And he plays people who are banging form and you know, okay, he's he's going to rotate people in and out because you know, with the amount of games we're going to have to play, that's inevitable. But I think ostensibly, this is a manager who picks the best players who are playing on form. Um, and I think as a result of that, and this is something else, and I think maybe Tuchel's had a had a part to play in this. I can't remember who mentioned it on Twitter, but or, or maybe one of you guys, I don't know. But you know, I mean, we we look so comfortable in that game. And I think in the second half, we just, just you know, let... let our, it was a bit like... It's like the classic kind of cartoon thing, isn't it? Where a really big guy, you know, had basically puts his arm out and holds somebody's forehead and the little guy's trying to punch the shit out of him <laughs> and can't get anywhere near him. I mean, that's basically how we played in the second half. But the bottom line is it was great, great, great game management. And, I, and it was something that I don't think we've really seen executed this well from a Chelsea side... Uh, since uh, Mourinho Mark One, where you know you would you would get two nil up, and you would go you could go to sleep if you wanted because you knew that was game over. Now I don't know if we're I mean I think we're so mentally scarred by a lot of Chelsea's performances over the last kind of eight years or so to not feel like that yet. But I wonder at some stage in the season that we might 
start feeling like that because actually that combination of getting a couple of goals and being really solid in midfield and defence is 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 becoming more and more apparent. Um, and the other thing really is that I think the other thing that was very apparent is that you know we we played in second gear. You know we didn't have to go through the gears at all. I mean I know we probably should have scored more goals. You know on another day you know that Lukaku header might have gone in. Blah blah blah. But the reality is, this is like two games into the season. We know we've had a really rough pre-season with players coming back at different times. I mean, players like Mount and Havertz, they can only get better and sharper as the season goes on. So, you know, this is kind of like Chelsea with only a half-full petrol tank at the moment. You know, so and, and, and look how effusive we have been about the way they've played in the last two games, Mark. I mean, it, yeah, I, think it's, I think it really bodes well, I've got to say. Oh, it bodes extremely well. And I think, you know, it is only a couple of games in. And it is amazing when, if you think just, what well, just less than two weeks ago, we were sort of talking about sort of like the Belfast game or, and we're sort of sharing it in WhatsApp. And, you know, we weren't putting the game to bed and then Villarreal equalised. But, but just in a, a matter of 10 days, we, we now look so solid and we're closing the game down and we're talking about good game management, you know. So that's, that's encouraging. It's very early days in the season. But I think the Liverpool and Man City, they'll be the real test. If we get through the other side of that and we're in that same position, we've got the makings of a really, really good side here. Yeah, Mark, your your signal was a bit dodgy then, but I, I get the uh, I get the gist of what you said. I mean, it, it it is early days, JK, isn't it? Um, but we, you know, we've done everything that we have to do. You know, we've. We've, we've had a good start. We got off to a good start. Confidence will build. The defence looks really good. We've got a goal scorer. I mean, you know, how how do you feel about Chelsea and things in general? No, I think, as I said, I think they're uh, they're on the verge of something magnificent. Um, I'll be intrigued to see if uh, if Zuma gets sold. Uh, well, that's to a West good question. You, I mean, because we were talking about defence a minute ago. If we bought Kunde, where where what happens then? Well, I, I think Zuma has to go. I think that's the that's the argument. I think that somebody was suggesting on Twitter it was down to his terms. He wants to be paid more money, uh, in which case they'd have a obviously more of a vacancy. Um, uh, I'm not sure of of Kunde's strengths, but um, if he adds to the uh, uh, the ball playing ability of the defenders, um, well, you know, to all and good because at the moment they're 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 on fire. I just hope that if we don't come away with um, uh, all the points in the next two matches, that the the, uh, there aren't rumblings of discontent. I mean, the, I suppose if we, it, it'll be to the, I, I don't think we're going to put in bad performances in any of the games at all. Um, it, it, it'll it'll be down to small margins, um, possibly refereeing decision, possibly, um, uh, I I'm, I'm, I can't even think of a reason why we should lose to both teams. If we come away with draws, I think there'll be good results, but I wouldn't be surprised if we if we beat both of them. Because I really think we're on fire. I think this is uh, it's just getting better and better. I think the, the confidence is is phenomenal in the side. I, I, I think the I think the only thing that would stop us probably is a re- refereeing decision. And yeah, I, just yeah. on that, I have to say, was it was it Tierney the referee yesterday? I thought he had an excellent game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree entirely. I mean, Dane, I got a question from uh, the legendary Mister Stick on Discord. If you've ever been on our Discord group then you will realise that it is not the Chelsea Fancast Discord group. It is, in fact, the Mr Stick Discord group. <laughs> so, so much does he write. But he asked this question. He said, how good are we versus 
how bad are our opponents? We drew ugly versus Villarreal. I mean, there's nothing to read into that, obviously. Um, and then we just smashed two teams that might be bottom of the table teams. Well, I, I, even in my heart of hearts, I don't see Arsenal being bottom of the league. But, I mean, I think what he's saying is how much of this is down to how good we are versus how much of it is down to how bad the opposition are. And I suppose we'll find out next uh, next Saturday, won't we? That's a really good question. It's it's a it's a thoughtful question. It gets you thinking. Is does it get you thinking too much too early? Is 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 an answer that could be put to that. Uh, again, you know, you get the old saying of where you can only beat the teams that are put out in front of you, and we've done that quite comfortably. It was interesting after Arsenal that Tuchel fought in certain uh, stages of the game. We looked leggy, but he was not surprised because he had us on double training sessions. Uh, again, yeah, well, we got, listen, we've got more challenges coming up. You know, we've got a Man City side who we've, one of the best teams in Europe, could be the best team in Europe that we've uh, comfortably played against for the last three games. Uh, we've got a Liverpool team uh, who who have, got, who have had a lot of injuries. Their, their players are coming back. Would he risk a Van Dijk up against Lukaku so early in his comeback? That would be interesting. And originally, I... Before, because this is the last game before the international break, I, I, I believe, and I was hoping for four points. Uh, I'm glad we're playing Liverpool way early, but we've got Man City at home. It, they're going to be big tests, but you're right. Unless it's a referee indecision, we're playing competent. Tuchel is is very smart, very smart man. I'm sure I read recently regarding Diogo Simeone, who said. We put such an unbelievable performance in against Atletico Madrid in two games. He's rewatched the videos over 50 times because it was a masterclass in, in, in managerial tacticians from Tuchel. Uh, and he's not surprised that we then went on to beat Real Madrid and Man City. Tuchel's, Tuchel's so smart and he's, he's already probably got plan lined up for Liverpool, then Man City. But the question, I've obviously gone around the circles a bit, but... We will, we will find out. We'll be able to answer that question in a couple of yeah, weeks. But I, that, I won't go over the top if no, we don't win. I mean, that's, that is the perfect answer because, you know, until we play a really good team, Mr. Stick, we, we don't know how to answer that yet. But as, as we said, mm. the answer will come next Saturday, that's for sure. Um, I think on the other side of the coin, talking of bad teams, I mean, it's quite interesting watching Arsenal uh, yesterday in the whole scheme of things. I mean, Jonathan was there, so maybe he can tell tell us a little bit about this, but what what I kind of took away from the game really was they are so far behind us at the moment, and as somebody who's suffered defeat upon defeat upon defeat, and I'm not talking recently, obviously, because, I mean, the beautiful thing about Arsenal is when Mourinho turned up, you know, we, we used to bully the hell out of them and win all the time, but, you know, all of us here will remember... I mean, I, I remember... And it's funny, you know, because Mark, uh, I think it was Mark who started it uh, on Twitter the other week, uh, our, our top 10 worst Chelsea games, which became a bit of a thing on a, on a Friday night a few weeks ago. And we, all, and we, we are going to do a show on that, Mark, aren't we? We need to collate it all and get Kelvin on and do, do one of those. But um, in my top 10, because I, I, I could, I mean, as, as we all could, we could all think of far more than 10. I mean, Mark being Mark, or, or, you know, put 20, of course. But uh, I stuck to 10 and had three subs. But I think maybe one of the subs was when we lost to Arsenal in the FA Cup in 2002-3 in a replay, 3-1 at home. And I think a Bue scored. And, and, you know, I was just... I, I left... I was almost in tears. Tears of 
just utter hurt and also utter rage because fucking Arsenal done it again. And and I, I just I, I remember when I went to that match thinking this this is our turn. A bit a bit like, you know, when it was the Champions League final, you know, it's our turn. You know, Arsenal are not going to beat us. Because basically they were beating us all the time for years and years and years. So, you know, to see them in such a, a shambolic crisis, I have to say as a Chelsea supporter, is an utter delight to see. Didn't you uh, want us to score five as a consequence and rub their noses Oh, in? yeah, all the time, all the time. And one yeah. of my favourite memories of, of, of Chelsea was in the League Cup. I think it might be 99, Mark, 98, maybe. Yeah, 98. Yeah, 98. one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five nil. I mean, we were still singing that on the early days of the fan cast, which was like 10 years later, because, you know, those of us that had been there to see our B team beat their B team were just delighting in it. I mean, who put the ball in the Arsenal net? Arthur. Arthur Chelsea. fucking Chelsea, exactly. So um, you know, I'm I'm loving this, and I mean, J.K. They 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 booed them off, didn't they, at half time? Well, rightly so, because they they'd hardly. Oh well, no, not any, rightly so. That's a, that's shitty of... behaviour. You know, get behind. No, the yeah, team. yeah. Well, I see. Well, I see what you mean, but I think they're getting more and more used to. Uh, yes, you should never boo your team off, and yet there are moments when I was younger, and I'm afraid I've I've um, manifested my. Um, uh, my um, unhappiness with the side that way, but uh, I've learnt actually since being on the fan cast speaking to you that I should never ever do that. No, it was prior to that. But um, uh, but no, that I, mean, I think it was it was explained beautifully on match of the day, wasn't it? They haven't got a plan, and uh, and they haven't got good enough players. So what do you do when you've got neither? I mean, um, Xhaka, who uh, played out of his skin in the European Championships, is a is a is a wraith in comparison to the to to the the giant that played that that, that, that put himself about um, um, non-stop for um, who did he play for? I can't remember. No um, idea. Was it what? Switzerland? Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. He He's was, Albanian, he, but he plays for Switzerland. He was uh, he was terrific. I, they just haven't got good enough players. Yeah. I mean, and, I'm, and, I'm amazed, what, J.K. I'm, I'm sorry, mate. I'm amazed that they don't sing Frere Jaca, Frere Jaca, Dormez-vous, Actually, at Shaka. Uh, very clever, Chich. Clever. Couldn't, couldn't resist. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Sorry, I well. interrupted you. No, 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 no. It's good. It was, I'll translate that. It means, um, are you sleeping, by yes, the way? Anybody exactly. doesn't know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brother Jack. We should do I, it in the round, shouldn't we? Sleep. Maybe we that's should. what Chelsea fans can we, do. Like the, like the we're, we're the middle, we're the middle, we're the middle. It should be done, yeah. yeah. yeah with, and even in <laughs> harmony. Yeah, three-part <laughs> harmony. Um uh, no, but I think a better manager would have them playing better. I don't think he's a good enough manager, which is a surprise considering he was Guardiola's disciple because uh, he, he doesn't seem to be getting them to play in any specific way to counter anything. So I'm, I'm, uh, and I don't really care enough about Arsenal to have this conversation. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you know, no, I know what you mean. I mean, it, know, was, it was really funny on, I think it might have been Sky actually, or, well, it was predicted before the match that if we scored an early goal, their fan, well, their fans would be bang up for it, really, really loud. You know, first home game of the season, uh, you know, first time for eighteen months. There, and they were actually. I thought they were really impressive. Well, there were lots of spaces though. They well, were still well, yeah, picking up their whole that's, allocation. That's true. Well, we talked about that on Friday. But the minute we scored, they turned against their team. It just took that one goal, Lukaku's goal. They turned against the team because they know, they know, they know how shit they are this season. Sorry, Dane, you've been wanting to say something. Yeah, no, but I'm just looking at their team and they, they've spent quite a bit of money, haven't they? And they're trying to build. They really should be building around 
I like Emil Smith Rowe. I know he's a, a Chelsea born. We had him, we let him go, and he's a, a Chelsea boy from Croydon. Uh, Saka's a good player. Pepe comes and goes, uh, but they should really be building around these players. Turning Tierney, we've said is, is a very good <laughs> left back. But even look at the signings they've made. Ben White is not a defensively great defender. He's more of a ball playing defender. So then really, if you're going to have one of them, you need a good solid defender next to him. And have they got one of them? I'm looking at the, the, the centre backs yesterday, Holden and Marius, certainly not. Well, Lukaku bullied them both, didn't he? And I don't feel sorry for Arsenal. They're a funny bunch of fans. You know, it's a whole <laughs> expectation in football that you deserve something just for turning up when you don't. No, you know, the, exactly. No, I, mm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I have to say. I mean, you know, to, to see them kind of, you know, it, it would be lovely to see them uh, suffer mid-table obscurity for a really lengthy period of time, and that's what I'm kind of hoping for. I mean, basically, you know, they're becoming like Spurs in terms of a banter FC club, aren't they, Mark? And it's great to see. This is what these are the things we like to see, isn't it, Mark? It, it, it's, it's quite, it's quite funny. I think I was, I was, I don't know who was saying to it at the weekend. Because obviously, going back 20 years, I used to work in Camden, so I was surrounded by them. And they are unbearable. You know? So, yeah, th- th- yeah, but they are a load of moaners as well. You know? And, you know, I just thought it was just so, so funny. They spent, was it, you know, Dane said, what, £135 million, unless they spent a bit more since then. Spent £45 million on a reserve it? goalie. Yeah, what they what have they bought bought for it? And and there was another funny thing going back to football three six five because they love a moan, you know. So this guy was moaning on there today, and, he, and this is literally what he wrote: Ben White, anonymous again, apart from his one glaring missed header. Is that what you get for fifty million? <laughs> ben White wasn't playing. <laughs> 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 All right. He's obviously losing his head now. Holding, it, it means holding, but that, that's it. They just they, they just go into automatic moan mode. Love they it. don't even realise some of their players aren't, aren't, aren't on the pitch. But they've never been relegated, Arsenal. I don't think they will. No, yeah. no, I don't see and, that. And they had, they, they had players missing, but it would be oh, fun be if they fell outside of the top ten. They would be unbearable. Yeah, no, it's... no, they to, to themselves. Like they would just be moaning at each other twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. it'd be lovely to see. All right, okay. Um, we better bring this part to a close uh, in the usual manner. So. Uh, a quick plug for the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Um, you know, so very easy to join the trust. Uh, membership costs just five pounds per year to be a member, which means you get to have a very important, uh, very uh, have a big say in important issues like when we had that European Super League debacle, ticket prices, kickoff times, and many other supporter issues. And uh, we are there to get your voice heard by the club. Uh, and of course, you know, for your five quid, you get to attend uh, meetings. We have a few meetings every year in an AGM where you can vote in elections and put forward mo- motions uh, to the AGM. And of course, you get a very lovely, shiny CST badge. So there we go. And uh, all you have to do is go to ChelseaSupportersTrust.com to sign up. Mark? No, it was just a quick question. So then I asked what JK yesterday. But look, looking at it on Sky Sports, there did look like there was empty seats in the upper tier. How many empty seats do you think there, there, there were? It didn't look like it was a sellout. Yeah. Oh, definitely not. It was, no, it, the upper tier was definitely... 59,000 crowd? Yeah. How many How many does it um, 62, normally isn't hold? it? Yeah. Oh, I thought or there 60. were more than that. There were more than 3,000. More than 3,000 uh, um, empty seats because it was um, there were large spaces in the upper tier and there were the middle tier had uh, had many, many, many seats empty as well. But for first All the way game, around... 
first game back, London derby against Chelsea. Yeah. You know. But they were, well, they, they had them on general sale, didn't they? All yeah, they did. Yeah. Lots, of, lots of disaffected yeah. uh, supporters who just don't want to go again. They just don't All think right. the team's good. You're interrupting my plugs. Never, ever interrupt my plugs. <laughs> you should know this by now. Mark, never interrupt. <laughs> AK, never interrupt. <laughs> you should know this by now. <laughs> Okay, that's a touche to you, JK. That's one all, all right? One all. Uh, Right, uh, the other thing I like to plug at this part of the show, of course, is the wonderful Chelsea pitch owners. And uh, if you want to own a piece of Chelsea, then get yourself a CPO share. Uh, Owning a share means you have a share of the freehold of the stadium, which protects it from being sold to a property developer in the future, thus ensuring that football is played at Stamford Bridge, its spiritual home forever. Now shares are. Um, do you know what they've changed the prices? I think because they've they've got rid of those B shares, haven't they? But um, you know, let's say you pay around eighty to hundred quid for a, for a share, maybe a hundred quid these days. Uh, but you can pay more if you want it uh, framed and signed or presented on the pitch. But the the simplest thing to do is to go to the Chelsea website and search for Chelsea pitch owners, and you can find all about it there and buy yourself a share. Uh, now we will be back in a minute for. Uh, the results of this week's Fannies, the Chelsea Fancast Match Awards, and uh, a preemptive look at the scores on the doors of the Prem Predictions League. The horror, the horror. We will be back in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stanford Chidge, of course. And uh, we are now in part three, the home stretch. And of course, I've got the delightful Mr. Kidd, who is in what I would describe as puckish form tonight. Bumptious, bumptious form. Puckish. Puckish. Okay, thank you, thank you. That's quite good, isn't it? That's mm. Midsummer Night's Dream, isn't it, Chief? Yes, I played Puck when I was about twelve. It was my defining. It was my defining performance. Fucking hell! I was the perfect Puck because I just didn't give a puck. Really? Hey. Anyway, uh, we've also got who else have we got on the show tonight, J.K.? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> it only takes an hour and a half when he, and, and the senility kicks in kicks it oh there's the wonderful mark and the wonderful dane lovely well done good to see you all boys it's been fun tonight it's always fun isn't it funny that when you beat arsenal like we just did puts a massive joyous well i mean i was thinking about it because i did this um i did this uh interview uh i was on on the hawksby and jacobs show today with a lovely michael volpe talking about the trust mental health initiative uh over the line and i was i was sitting on my hands all interview saying whatever i do i can't say well, of course, you know, when you hammer Arsenal like we did yesterday, it's obviously very good for one's mental health. So, because uh, I would have thought that would have been probably bad form. But it does make a huge difference, doesn't it? When we see the team we love play really, really well, it, it makes you, you know, you're buzzing all week, which is kind of what it's all about. Uh, now, uh, we've got the uh, the Fannies uh, this week. The Fannies are back. I mean, how, how long this lasts for, Lord only knows, because... Uh, I know that last season when things got really, really busy and we had two games to review, the the fannies got bumped. But uh, whilst it's relatively quiet and peaceful, the fannies are here. And uh, I should explain that the fannies are for the man of the match, uh, a Guinness moment, which is a moment of genius-like flair, uh, which quite possibly will arouse you sexually. 
if you see it. And uh, the Guinness, uh, the celery moment, of course, is a moment of comedy on or off the pitch, uh, or or just a moment of what I consider proper Chelsness. Um, which is not the pejorative term that it is now being used by people who don't like your dars. I can assure you of that, people. Anyway, um, the other thing about the fannies is that now we have a wonderful Discord group, which our Patreons uh, uh, automatically get entered into. These boys and girls are the ones that sort out the nominations because after a game, they've got like a channel for each category and they get in there like brilliantly and they... Uh, and they, they say, oh, it should have been so-and-so, or oh, that was that moment, and they make my life a lot easier, and I love them for it. So the nominations are down to them. Now, in the in the man of the match, we had uh, Romelu Lukaku, Rhys James, and Mason Mount. And in reverse order, Mason Mount, 2%. Poor old Mason only got 2%. Rhys James got 31%, and Romelu Lukaku got 67% on our Twitter poll. Uh, Mark, you, 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 you like me, you quite were quite enamoured of uh, Rhys James's performance, but I think it's hard to argue, really, that we probably wouldn't have been so comfortable had it not been for Lukaku, because we were saying that all first part, weren't we, really? Yeah, I, I voted for Rhys James. I thought he had a superb game, but not not surprised that Lukaku got voted man of the match. Mm. Yeah, great, great first game back. Unusually, they, these the, the the great people here have pretty much gone because last week they were completely different to what I wanted, but they're, they're a bit more on message this this week. Uh, right, the next award is for the celery moment, and the nominations were in no particular order: Lukaku applauding the fans. There was a lovely moment uh, when we had a corner up up at the end. J.K. will remember this, no doubt, but. Um, uh, the, the 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 Chelsea fans were singing the Dan Petrescu song to Lukaku, as Jonathan has has, has been saying, and he he, he acknowledged it and and applauded them back and 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 you know touched the badge on his shirt. Funny enough, it took ages because there was an injury, and so they kept singing it, and so he kept applauding. He the little pause, and they carry on singing it, and he didn't applaud again. So uh, and and um, uh, he was touched by it. It was great. It just annoyed me that it was, as we've said, it was such an obvious song. Yeah, I know. But uh, it was a lovely yeah. moment. It was a lovely, lovely moment. moment. And a lovely, that's just me being perfectionist. Yeah, I know, it. but it was a lovely moment. And uh, It the, was a great moment. I loved it. And I also felt that the fact that the fans, he was so appreciative of the fact yeah. the fans were loving him so early on in his, 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 the rebirth of his Chelsea career. You indeed, know, wonderful. indeed. Uh, the other lovely moment in the Celeries this week was the Reese James goal celebration, which we... Uh, mentioned earlier on where he basically faced down and taunted a load of uh well i mean mark said earlier the number of uh, people that have been named in the where's wally uh photograph that we've seen but he basically stuck it to them a la jt and somebody did lob a bottle of water or something in his general direction but he didn't care so that i think quite rightly james taunting the arsenal fans and his celebration got a, a nomination and the final one, which m- many of you might have missed, but actually I-, I saw live, but didn't quite get the whole picture on this. And some, I think it might have been Brian Justman on Discord who mentioned this. Uh, when Lukaku headed the ball uh, very, very much goal-bound, and, and Leno saved it, actually, and tipped it onto the bar and it came back out, uh, you caught him on camera turning round, because he, he didn't see it, because he was on the floor. And he turned round to Mason Mount and said, you know, did 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 he save that? And 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 uh, Mount kind of nodded, yeah. And Lukaku went, "Fuck me!" So <laughs> I think that was definitely worth a nomination. I might well have been tempted to vote for that. However, 
uh, the voting went like this. Uh, Lukaku applauding the fans got 29%. Uh, Lukaku's reaction to Leno saved 17%. So the winner this week is Reese James' goal celebration. And I think we would all agree with that, wouldn't we? Um, I liked Alonso's trap, actually, but it's not there. That so. would be the Guinness <laughs> moment, not a celery yeah. moment. Sorry, yeah, but that guy, I, I, that was gave me great joy at the don't, same time. Don't go all chell-tell on me now. It's been too long, mate. Seriously. Please don't. You know how much it winds me up. Uh, anyway, uh, it, is the, it is the Guinness moment now, and that's a very good point. You know, I, I forgot that at the time we were all doing our nominations, and weirdly, I remembered it out of nowhere tonight. It's just old, isn't it, how your brain works? But the... Um, the my favourite actually of the Guinness moments uh, was uh, uh, Jackie kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier on actually, but it was that in the lead up to the second goal, uh, Alonso and uh, Havertz were kind of duking it out right on the touchline. I don't know who the Arsenal players were, and it looked like they they were going to lose the ball, but suddenly, um, you know, Havertz basically. It looked like he backheeled it or something. He just got the ball out under his feet and delivered this brilliant pass to Alonso. I think it was Alonso who then passed it to Lukaku, who fell over or when he was tackled, and then it went got to Mount. Mount passes it to Reese James. Wallop two nil. But I just thought that that's Havertz all over. I mean, he's just such a skillful player. So I, I was quite I quite fancied that one. Uh, but the boys in Discord basically nominated uh, Reese James' goal. I mean, I think when they were talking about the goals, they're talking about the build-up a lot to a lot of these as well. It's just the whole goal, but James's goal and uh, Lukaku's goal, which is fair enough. It kind of had me sexually aroused when I saw those two hit the back of the net. So that that works <laughs> for me. Anyway, uh, the results are. I'm really very happy about this actually. Uh, in Romelu Lukaku's goal came in third with 16%, and all day. Uh, the other two have been duking it out. But uh, Reese James's goal got 40%, and that means Havertz's touch to Alonso got 44%. So well done, people on Twitter, for getting it. You get it totally. That was the most sexually arousing moment of the game, in my opinion. So I preferred well Alonso's trap. I know, but I forgot that, which is why I didn't get a nomination. I'm if just you, telling you. I know, I know you had an excuse yesterday because you were obviously doing your brief. You were doing your own Guinness moment of your own, doing this brilliant Chelsea fan bite, so you wouldn't have been on Discord. But if you want to like get your nominations in, mate, you've got to be in Discord right after the kickoff. Okay, but I was thought you were going to say get them in before the game. I well, yeah, even if you're really clever, which you know, obviously you are, JK, you can predict them before the game. Thank you. Anyway, talking Alonso's trapping. He is. He is. He is. Yeah. I thought Alonso was fabulous. Forgot to say. Oh, he was really great. He was. I'm a a, a big Alonso fan. I think he's wonderful. I'm just bemused that he's just, um, you know, the journey that he's had over the past year, being absolutely frozen out by Frank, and then, you know, in and out with Tuchel, and then he started this season completely on fire. It's just fabulous because he was fabulous under Conte as well. So it's. uh, I think you know, last we, season, you know, we dismissed him. him. I dismissed him. We dismissed him. We yeah. thought that was the end of that. Yeah. He was going to go, you know, be be transferred. Even even on Twitter, they were saying he was part of Kunde's deal, and uh, and he was in Valencia. They were saying he's in Valencia this morning, and oops, there he is. He was training with the team, so they got that wrong. <laughs> so, but no, the very fact that uh, he's he's uh, he's had this transformation in well, transformation. He's playing as well as he did under Conte. I think is fabulous. So. 
Indeed. Now, yeah, so it's, it's benefited him because Chilwell went to the uh, championships, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. So he had yeah. a whole yeah. summer off, so yeah. it's really benefited. I was him. pleased he got the Super Cup medal because he was just uh, he wasn't involved in the in the in the European Championship final at all, in the Champions League final at all. So. All right. Now, talking of predictions, uh, of course, it is round two, week two of the Chelsea Fancast Prem Predictions League, which, as you know, has got a bit of added spice this season because we've got Kerry Dix and Pat Nevin and Paul Cannaval in our league. And I have to say, our league has expanded. It's doubled from what it was last year. We now have 72 players in our league, which is amazing. Wow. balls. And, uh, okay, um, should I do the, you know, the good or the bad first, JK? What do you think? Oh, my bad. Yeah, let's do the bad. Let's okay, do the bad. Let's get the bad news out of the way. Yeah. Okay, well, the bad news, JK, uh, well, it's, you're not bottom. Okay, you're not bottom of the league at the moment. Now remember, there's one game to go. All could be redeemed if, uh, well, in my case, if West Ham and Leicester draw two all. Uh, but currently, it's one nil to West Ham. But uh, Iosi right. Perez right. has been sent off for Leicester, oh, okay. so I'm fucked nah. basically. Uh, thank you, Iosi Perez. Anyway, no, you're not bottom, J.K., but you are actually 68th because you got so far this week minus two. So you've got 62 points, and you're in 68th. Position. I did better last week, though. I was okay last week. This is going to be good news, bad news, I think. So the bad news, JK, is that you're in 68th place uh, with 62 points, having got minus two this week. The good news, JK, is that I'm only two places above you in in 66th place because I got 30 points this week and I'm probably going to lose more thanks to West Ham beating Leicester tonight, which I think they will, and I've got 77 points it's early days yet in the season, Chidge, don't mind. It is. And the other good news is that Tony Glover's 65th place, he's only one above me, uh, on 81 points. So he got, he got a, a whopping minus 14 last week. He did really well. Did really well. That's exceptional behaviour. What possibly could be good now after that? Well, that, well, well I, I'll let you be the judge of that. But us three are basically a bag of shite. You, me and Tony, embarrassing. What can I say? I can't believe it. Anyway... Uh, How are we a bag of shite? Because we're at the bottom of a seventy-two-man league, man. We're not. We're not prescient. We just, you know, what? How do we? We like, we like we Arsenal, win? for God's sake. <laughs> Arsenal, bloody Norwich, and somebody else's shit. That's we're can, awful. I be like some, can I be like someone else? Who's not very bad. No. Not very good. I mean, choose who, who you think is Newcastle. You could be Newcastle. I'd be QPR. Well, that wouldn't be be <laughs> in the league, would it? Anyway. So me, me, Tony and JK are not doing very well. Although I have to say, thankfully, there are one, two, three, four people who are doing worse than us at the moment. Uh, now, uh, next up in the Fancast group, the mini league in the, in the big league, is Mark Meehan. He's on 47th place with 139 points. Dane is in 37th with 175 points. Dino, Dean Mears, is 25th with 204 points. And Martin Wickham, who, of course, I would, you know, I would always put money on as the favourite of the Chelsea fancasters to finish out top amongst us. He is currently in 16th place with 216 points and the leader of the fancasters. This is astonishing and frankly couldn't happen to a nicer bloke. It's the wonderful Marco Worrell. He's in fourth place overall with 316 points because, as we all know, the key to this is getting spot ons. Marco's had five so far. Right. Now, if I look at the players, dear old Canners is about as crap as you and me. 
I, I'm blaming myself for this because he talks to me and he, he literally phones. Do you know what? He phoned me up at 29 minutes past 12 on Saturday, one minute before Liverpool uh, kicked off and uh, and literally phoned it in. And I, I wonder if he's kind of like sensing my, my feelings on this because actually his and, his and my predictions were similar and he's a fool. He needs to not listen to a word I say. Because if he follows me, he's going to be getting shit points all week. But he's he's in 61st place with 97 points. And this is absolutely brilliant. In uh, 41st place is we, Pat Nevin, on... I can't read that because the colour's too dark. 162 points. And guess what? Kerry is 40th with 169 points. So that kind of seems fitting, really, Pat and uh, Kerry together. And I have to say, because Kerry phones them in as well, Kerry wants to win this. The, the, there is none of his competitiveness <laughs> as one of our greatest ever strikers has disappeared in the least. He wants to know what Pat's got, what Cannes has got, what I've got. Nah. He, he's, abs- he, he's, he's in this to win it, mate, I tell you. And I had a chat with him on uh, Sunday and he was really delighted because he had a bit of a shit week last week. He's delighted he's gone back up. And then he was moaning about the fact that he was only a goal out on about three of them and he would have got spot on. So Kerry's well up for this. So there we go. So that leaves um, the winner. Of... I must have got. I must have done quite well then. Because I, I was, that first week yeah. was rubbish. I, well, you, I, was, you... I was 40 and the 67th or something. Yeah, well, you, you, you got two spot-ons, mate. And that's the thing. I've got none. Did Don't... I get Chelsea right? Uh, I don't know, mate. You'll have to look. But uh, you, you... Oh, because if I did, and I blame my wife, because I, I was going tuna, and I think she told me three one. Well, I went three one, and look what happened. But uh, the winner this week is the same winner as we had last week. The amazing Luke Withers, who I know is in our Discord group. Uh, he uh, he. So far, he's got two hundred and ten points this week, but he's got a total of three hundred and sixty three, and he's got a total of five spot ons. I mean, well done, Luke. I mean, he got he got the Arsenal Chelsea game right, obviously. He got uh, the Leeds-Everton match bang on, and he got the Liverpool-Burnley match bang on. So he got three this week, got two spot-ons last week. Luke, brilliant. Uh, and, I mean, that's the point. I mean, if you if you do... I mean, it's a, it's getting... A, the later you leave this to sign up, the more pointless it is to do it because you're going to have too much... I mean, you know, you're already 363 points behind, so you ain't going to win it, uh, probably. Uh, but you're welcome to if you want. Um, it costs 20 quid a year, and uh, I, I will... Um, you know, if you tweet me... Uh, and I will, I will send you the details uh, of how you can play in this. But it, as you can see, we have a lot of fun doing this, and it is but very competitive. Because if somebody joined now and they got every result right, they'd be top immediately. Yeah, but it's unlikely, isn't it? I know, but there's no good putting people off, is there, by saying, well, it's not worth not worthwhile. It's not very it? good salesmanship, is it? No, it was rubbish. Yeah. Okay, join it tomorrow. Join it halfway through the season. Fuck it, why not? You know, you might still win. JK <laughs> thinks you could. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah, but not not so angry. Can you do was a less angry? angry? Yeah, you were slightly angry. Yeah, you was a bit pissed off with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really genuinely wasn't. You should know the difference now between me being angry with you and not. Being but you were angry. you were short with me. Well, Mark, nah. Mark game wasn't he? he was You're short. so bloody sensitive. I wasn't in the least. <laughs> not anyway. sensitive. I'm just observing. Not sensitive. How can you yeah, see? I'm hiding behind a bloody spit guard, mate. Well, I can hear pop guard. <laughs> True enough. All right. Okay. JK says oh, we're not taking that, the there's, yeah. that there's absolutely every chance of you winning the whole thing, even if you join six months into the competition. If you get lots of them right. If yes. you get lots of them right. So there you go. Anyway, if you do want to join, just, just get hold of me. Email ChelseaFanCast at Gmail. Tweet me at Stamford or at ChelseaFanCast, and I will uh, send you the details. It really, I mean, it really is fun. And the other thing is, if you do join this league, 
then you automatically will get entry into our Discord group because we have a, a Prem Predictions League channel in the Discord group. So anybody who's joined the league, who's listened to the show and wants to be in that again, get hold of me and uh, it will be done. So there you go. Uh, right, after all that lunacy, uh, we've got two emails to finish off with JK. One is from our old friend and uh, Chief Tony Glover beta, Mr. Philip Kenley. Philip Kenley. Hang on, I've got to find them, Chidge. Hang on. Wait a minute. Hang on. Got to get through it here. Oh, uh, oh. Hang on. Uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, here it is. Got it. Got it. Philip Kenley. Let's talk about XG. Hi, all. Writing this a long time before the weekend. Here's hoping it was a cracker. It was. We've been celebrating the return of Romelu for the last two hours. We have. Absolutely, Philip. I've been looking for an excuse to write. I hope that I found a topic that may be of interest. I'm going to defend XG over the next few paragraphs, explain why I think it's important. Well, first of all, yes, I know any statistic is a load of nonsense, really. Oh, I don't think too good of a with you anything football related is only as important as anything that is not really that important but hear me out most stats really are a load of tosh Hmm. possession stats are nonsense as they take no account of how good any possession is shot stats are nonsense as they take no account of how good any of the shots were shots on target ridiculous i mean how can a 40 40 yarder that dribbles in the into the keeper's hands count the same as a shot from point blank range that cannons off the keeper who knew nothing about it insane who cares about fouls bookings it's all nonsense of course. But in a world of meaningless numbers, XG is head and shoulders above the rest. It actually means something. It's not perfect, of course. It does have logic behind it, though. XG uses a database of tens of thousands of matches to know with complete accuracy the percentage of times that a player has scored from any position on the pitch that they take a shot from. That is a fact. A second fact is that all sports are about percentages. The best players have the highest success rates from similar situations. Some sports lend themselves to calculating this. Cricket over here, of course, and most US sports. No one would suggest that Don Bradman averaging 99.99 is a statistical is a statistic is a statistical irrelevance. Babe Ruth at 0.342 is no fluke. These are performance indicators that give, without any doubt at all, a complete picture of how good these guys were over their careers. Football is only different because the nature of the game has meant that no one has ever known what to calculate and how to calculate it. XG is the first attempt to seriously do it. No doubt there will be better attempts to follow it. Follow. No doubt there'll be better attempts to follow. It's seriously flawed. It takes no account of dangerous situations, for example. A dangerous ball fizzing across the edge of the six-yard box that no one gets their foot to counts for nothing on XG. But in reality, may have been a situation that could have led to a goal 30% of the time, say. A perfect corner flicked on at the near post may have led to a goal 15% of the time, but will not impact XG. So definitely not perfect. This explains, by the way, my, why mostly XG is lower than the actual number of goals scored, because it does not take into account situations. They will fix that, no doubt, in future. Iterations of this stat. It, sorry, they will fix that, no doubt, in future iterations of this stat. So why does this matter? Well, unfortunately, Chelsea were the team that really proved the value of XG. No team underperformed their XG last season more than Chelsea. Unfortunately, this has to be mainly because of Timo. 
but others were part of this too. Having a main striker like Timo and, and having Kovacic and Jorginho that contribute exactly no goals from open play and even having Mountain Kante that do not score enough. Okay, we can all see that. We know that. But XG is the number that proves it and enables us to quantify how bad we were in that department. That, of course, is why we went out and spent the money on Romelu. XG was the proof of what we all knew anyway. Let's hope we never perform so badly relative to XG again, as we may not ever get away with that again. Sorry, Mr. Glover, I'm always disagreeing with you, but then I'm still reeling. You gave our board naught out of 10 in the end of season review. My only response to that is to quote you Python. What have the Romans ever done for us? Best wishes, Philip Kenley. Yeah, that's a re- I mean, it was a really interesting email, actually, because, you know, I've, I've, I've like many of you in, in, in uh, Mixler right now, Daryl, Loz and Brian, <coughs> Rob Dog to name but three, think it's an absolute load of old arse gravy, the way that stats are infiltrating this game. And I actually, I think me and Daryl in Discord had a bit of a row with Mr. Stick about stats. Um, and but I, But I'll tell you why I like this email, because... Normally, I would have thrown it straight in the bin because it had XG in the title. But I actually read it and I thought, you know what? Fair play, Philip. I thought that was a very balanced uh, appraisal and view of, of XG. And I mean, whether I like it or not, or, or Loz or Brian or, 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 or Daryl, you know, Tuchel in particular. But I think most modern managers, you know, do actually do an awful lot of statistical analysis on what goes on with their players. But I, I think... You know, I actually I had to study statistics when I did my economics degree. I fucking hated it then as well, funnily enough. But um, the the bottom line is is that for me, statistics have to do what Philip's indicating here. You know, he's right. We 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 don't need statistics to tell us that we couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo last season, and that's what the problem was. But actually, I think it's really interesting, isn't it? That's how statistics do work. They're, they're, it's, it's like the, it's the tail wagging the dog, you know? If statistics become the be-all and end-all, the tail is wagging the dog. Providing the dog is wagging the tail, so we believe our own eyes with what we're seeing and then go to statistics to make sense of that, I think that's actually quite a valid thing. So I'm looking at it in a slightly different light as a result of Philip's email, JK. It must be what um, Tuchel does, because he uses statistics. Um, that's the reason that... Um... Uh, that uh, I think Chalabar got got picked because his statistics were so good at um, when he was playing at uh, um, Lorient, and that was the impression I was given. And so he must be working off something. Um, uh, and I think from a fitness point of view, statistics are very important because they're really very easily readable, aren't they? It's it's if your um, if your 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 pulse rate is very low when you're exercising you know that you're very fit it's that kind of thing you can see i'm sure they i'm i'm being very banal about it but i i think there is some readouts that that obviously reveal certain things about the the way players are reacting to uh, stress situations but um but yes some of the time uh, a statistic they'll they'll give it doesn't take into account the game of football so it makes it rather irrelevant but um, it's kind of what philip says to be fair yeah. philip i don't think philip was necessarily championing XG, he was giving some perspective on it, which I quite like. Would you agree, Dane and Mark? Well, I would yeah. like you. Okay. Yeah, I would like you, Cheech. I, I did economics, uh, and obviously, I did statistics, and I got a grade E. So, you know, 
I probably wish that American philosopher that once said torture numbers and they'll confess to absolutely anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, there are there think, are there are of course lies, damn lies, and then there are statistics. And, a, and I think the only statistic that matters at the end of the day tonight is Chelsea two, Arsenal nil. Quite right. Quite right. Um, I might I might spare Dane this one. He's he's looking pained at even having to think about it, which I can understand after having sat here two hours with a hangover. I mean, my final point on it really is is that the issue that I have with statistics in sport or the the computerization of sport or the technical analysis in terms of sport I mean okay I know they'll do it and and I get it but the trouble and I mean if you've ever studied statistics you will know this and I suspect there are people out there who've studied it better than me who could probably have a much more intelligent retort but you know and of course I'm a psychotherapist so I suppose maybe I'm a bit biased but the reality is that human beings and sportsmen are, are no different in this because they are human beings are variable. You, they are not predictable. That's what makes sport great. The fact is that you cannot predict with 100% certainty what any footballer will do at any given time because there are so many human variables that involved. They might, like Dane, be blowing out their ass because he's got a two-stag-do two <laughs> weekend hangover. They they may be like JK occasionally. He might have to hunt with me because I've been rude to him again. You know, you can never ever. You know, exactly. You can never ever tell. <laughs> For those watching in black and white, JK's just said "fuck off" and given me the finger. Quite right too. But the point is, that's the point. We're we're a human. We're subject to vulnerabilities and 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 variables that that people quite often. As a, as a therapist, I know this. That quite often, people aren't even aware of themselves. And that, that, I'm afraid, will be also true of footballers. We've seen thousands of games between us and the number of times we've seen a player who was on fire one week and suddenly couldn't, you know, couldn't kick a ball to save his life the next week and you don't know why because you don't know what's going on behind the eyes and inside that mind, you know. So that's why I have an issue with statistics, but I, I will concede that they do have a place at elite sport and if they're used in the right way. But you've got to, I think, you've got to deal with the human human element of it first and foremost. That will be my final word on, on the subject, I hope. But there you go. Uh, we now have another email, just to finish us off, which will please a certain... He won't even know that this is here, because I think this came in after I sent it out. I could be wrong. Uh, but anyway, it's from our lovely friend from... Well, he's, he's Ghanaian, I think. But I think he lives in the States. Nana will tell me if I'm wrong. But it's the lovely Nana Yaboa. And this is a lovely way to end the show on this week. He says, good evening, everyone. Let me start by giving JK a thumbs up for starting the Fanbite series this season. Look at his face. He's loving it, isn't he? Uh, was that Barry Davis commentary? Look at his face. Just look at his face. Oh, lovely. So it's enjoyable. And as you know, with JK... It's going to be funny every time. Even if we lose 5-2 to Sam Allardyce in the future. Uh, now to the Arsenal game. I'm glad we finally beat them again. Am I the only one who think we didn't even try hard on the day? It was a very comfortable performance and that shows the status of Arsenal Football Club nowadays. Have fun, CFC fans, and Liverpool is next on the TT chopping block. Have a good evening, everyone, and continue the good work. Nana. Thank you, Nana. I think you summed up the programme in all aspects brilliantly there. More love for JK. Can't have enough love for JK on the fan bites. But it'll last a week, won't it? So that's good. Yeah, what are you going to do next week? Because I mean, you're you going out to Anfield. I am. I don't know how are I'm going you? to do it. Actually. Yeah, I am. I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, be careful. Now, should I be players. doing this? The guy I normally go with couldn't go to the Arsenal game because he's got COVID. Should I therefore be going in the car with him? It depends. No, it's 14 days, isn't it? 10 or 14 days. I think it will have been 14 days. 
He's uh, had curbs. Yeah, well, I, I, I wouldn't get in the car with them. As, I mean, the thing is, you can have a lateral flow test, but they're not 100%. He needs a PCR test. Yeah. Perhaps it's not wise. It might be not. I, w- I would worry about you because I know you're a bit vulnerable with all of that. I am. I am. Yeah. I might I might be having to make an alternative um, journey. I still want to go there. I've got a ticket. So. Yeah. But uh, it's just working out when I can then do the uh, do the fan bike. Well, I'd be it, very careful. Do I'd do it in the car on the way back because they'll nick your fucking phone, <laughs> mate. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I'm just trying to set it up so I do it. If I do it with somebody, we're doing it actually there in the ground. So, yeah, you know, we might try and do it br- briefly as the whistle goes. The second the whistle goes, quick, if there's somebody else there, quick. Well, if there's, I don't know who's going from us lot, but, but I mean, I'm not pissing about here. They, 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 they're fuckers up there. They really are. And they'll, they'll, they'll pinpoint. I mean, I think we've had, we've had vloggers being you know harassed and attacked by liverpool fans up there in the past so seriously be careful but um the other thing is i don't know who else from the fan cast is going you'll have to do your research this week um but you doesn't you don't have to do it i mean i know you want to do it there but you could do it you know in the car be in, good actually if in the, i'm in the car, in the yeah. safety of a car it's going to work the same way they you might nick that as well, though. Yeah, I was going to say, what if they steal the car <laughs> <laughs> well at the very least the hubcaps but there you go. Anyway, on that on that positive note, we better shut up, really, and go home. Oh, we are home already, so that's all right then. Um, right, uh, as I said, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, but JK, uh, Martin Wickham and Adam Newson from Football London will return this Friday for the preview show with assorted guests at 7pm live on Mixler. I wonder if I can get a Liverpool fan for our opposition view. That's my challenge this week, isn't it? You know, they're not easy to get on these things. I might try and get somebody from the Anfield rap. That would be quite fun, wouldn't it? But yeah. we'll see. Anyway. Uh, I'll we'll nick be... your preview show as well, Chidge. What, what, what? They'll nick your preview no, show. No, they can't nick that. They've got their own. <laughs> Mate, they're like megastars. They're businessmen these days. Anyway, they'll probably charge me. That's probably what they want. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll obviously be looking ahead to Saturday evening's match away to Liverpool. Uh, then next Tuesday, thanks to Mrs Chidge's Bank Holiday podcast ban, uh, JK and I will be joined by the lovely Clayton Beerman and Dan Silver to look back at the Liverpool match, amongst other things. Uh, don't forget to check out Dean's Went to Mo Kings Meadow podcast on the Chelsea FC women's team. I'm sure he'll be delivering one to me sometime this week. And of course, as you all know, um, basically the Chelsea fancast is available everywhere. Well, it's available via Acast and lots of other uh, you know, podcast distributors like Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, you know, all the usual stuff. Um, quick shout out for Patreon. We've got some new members this week for which I am eternally grateful. Very lovely to hear from you. Um, as you know, if you do join Patreon, I will send you a mini Kerry Dixon banner of which I have had the latest delivery from the States. I've got a box full of them. So all those who have been waiting for absolutely eons, I will get them out to you as soon as possible. And of course, you also get automatic uh, entry into our discord group if you want which is really fun there's some super people in there it's 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 the complete antidote to twitter there's none of that wankery that you get in twitter it's lovely 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 so in fact all the other fan castings who aren't in there i commend you to it it's great fun there's some really decent people in there so there you go you get to be a member of that so it's very easy to do you don't i mean you don't have to don't know i mean what i should do is i should i should just be like dave be like dj i should say only a pound shouldn't i really uh, or, or $2 if you're in the US because you've got to take account of the exchange rate. But in all seriousness, whatever you want to contribute, no matter how big or small, it's absolutely lovely. Uh, we love you all equally and the same. And I feel very humbled that you that so many of you do. So thank you. 
patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast for those who want to. Uh, and of course, emails. I mean, we've had a couple this week. You're a bit slow to get back up to speed, but that's okay by me. Uh, if you want to get your email read out or your message, uh, the address, of course, is chelseafancast at gmail.com uh, or Patreon or Instagram or even Discord. We can have questions out there and we'll try and get them in the show. And they will be read out by the premier voiceover artist of his generation and Jonathan Kidd. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. You Jim. didn't, but I mean, in all seriousness, we are—we are. I mean, how many podcasts can actually say that that we get the? I mean, because you are, mate, and I, I know you're very humble about it and, and shy about it, but I think you are the best voiceover artist in the country. Just done a series on sharks for Nat Geo. Yeah. Well, good. you know, I think you're that good, and I used to be a director of TV programs, so I know what I'm talking about. No other podcast can say that they have the best voiceover artists in the country reading out their emails. So That's you true. are you are lucky, people. Send them in. Yeah. All right? I should be charging you, really, shouldn't I? Oh no, 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 no. It's because you love me, isn't it? Yeah, there's huge love there. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, say it with a bit more enthusiasm. Speaking as an ex-director. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because there's huge love there, Chid. Can you give it a bit more awe? <laughs> There's huge love there, Chief. Okay, enough. There's, there's applause and they're taking the piss, as they say. Anyway. No, that wasn't. That was. That was. I was almost true there. <laughs> no, all right. How about more? How about slightly, slightly disgusted with myself? There's that could be huge... up for next week's fannies for a sexual moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got to do. I've got to do the sexual one. I haven't done the sexual one yet. I must do the sexual oh, one now. Okay. Oh, enough. Hang enough. On, here we go. Hang okay, on. Wait, one enough. more. Let me know one last one. There's huge love there, Chief. That's quite creepy. I think we should yes, go. Yes, yes, exactly. We should go. All right, get your emails into chelseafancast at gmail.com or send them to Dane on Instagram or me on Patreon. You know what to do. Get them in and we'll read them out. Now, you can follow the show on Twitter at chelseafancast, me at Stanfordshire, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd. And don't forget, uh, we've got Mark and Dane as well. So Mark is at Eddie. Mac, B-A-W-A. Eddie Mac, B-A-W-A. And Dane is D-Wit. Nine. D-Wit nine, nine. Yeah. Wit nine, so there you go. Follow those boys; they're lovely lads, and you'll enjoy it. Right. Uh, finally, we should say uh, um, thank you so much to the boys and girls in Mixler who have all been absolutely hilarious and brilliant all night, as you always are. Great to see so many of you in there, and uh, we'll see you hopefully on Friday and next Tuesday. Uh, so there you go. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. <laughs>